Happy Proud Brown. Good to see you for episode 10, brother. Happy Proud Brown is here. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm happy and I'm proud. I'm happy and I'm proud. And uh, I'm happy that I'm happy I'm here. And I'm proud of us <laughs> two for doing 10 episodes of this show. So uh, that's why I'd say I'm happy Proud Brown today. Uh, Let's go. Well, yeah. What's going on, bro? What's going on? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm having a productive day. This is a great way to finish it off, chatting to you for our podcast. And uh, we've we've got a special announcement. We have a special announcement. And it. it's not it. it's not the ice cream truck that you can hear in the background or wherever that is. <laughs> That's what it means. That's what it means. <laughs> that was perfect timing, but it's not that. <laughs> you always, it's like it's typical yeah, it's typical. This is this is gonna be like typical. Uh, anyone anyone who used to watch wrestling back in the day would be like, yeah. uh, "There's a there's a special announcement, and you gotta find out. You gotta find out next week." Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's basically what we're doing. So we got a special announcement. We're gonna announce it properly at the end of this episode. Okay, and it's about, there we go. And it's about next week. So we got Love some it. good shit happening. There we go. There we but, go. Uh, yeah, tell me, man. Happy Proud Brad. That's a, that's a great name. And uh, what's the week been like for you? Yeah, bro. It's been really good. It's been really good. I think from from leaving off from last week, I, I left the podcast on a proper high. And um, mm. I think the, the first thing that I wanted to get into today was the, the process between the first week and now and mm. the difference between, I can personally speak on myself and obviously you'll do the same. Um, but the first podcast we did, I was so nervous. I was so mm. like, I th we have we wear these whoops, right? We wear these these bands that people people don't know, like it tracks your heart rate, it tracks your uh, your recovery, your your HRV, your your activity levels, all that kind of stuff. If I can go back, I'm gonna try and go back because I was definitely wearing this when the podcast was on. Um, I'm gonna try and go back and try and find my heart rate zone for that time in the afternoon when we recorded this because I'm sure it was yeah. like. One thirty <laughs> constantly the entire time. Like I don't know that workout. Yeah, <laughs> a two-hour-long workout. I have no idea. Long. I have no idea why, but it was a mixture of excitement, a mixture of anxiety, a mixture of not wanting to fuck it up, not mixture of like just, uh, just that nervous energy. And I had that the entire time, and uh, it is definite evidence of that because I remember like you've asked me this week to kind of go back through the podcast a bit more and. I went back to the first one first. And the first thing I realized was that I was very, very like edgy with how I was speaking. Yeah. And I still think we both said good shit. And I kind of, I told the, the Felix story in this, in this podcast, the first one, that's, that's, mm. that's going to be like happy, happy memories forever. But yeah. um, there was just like a, I could hear the, the newness in my voice. I could, I could feel the energy. You know what I mean? Uh, people out there kind of, pick up on energies quite a lot i think i think i do and uh yeah that was that was one of the the observations i made and and it came out in so many ways like one of the ways was i felt like i i jumped over you when you were trying to speak i was so excited to speak and so excited for to tell oh it's my turn to speak oh, jump in right and um i think the more i the more i've explored that part and i didn't like it i really kind of pissed myself off a little bit it was like just shut up and let the man speak like give him the floor <laughs> um I realized that it comes from a place of anxiety it comes from a place of like mm. me feeling like, Oh, I've thought of a good idea. I need to say it now. Like, even though Gorinda saying something, mm. I need to jump in and kind of almost like I can't contain the idea within myself. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's the, that's the, the way in which I kind of just put it out there. And 
I feel like that's uh, a common theme with a lot of people. And I definitely have noticed it in myself, uh, obviously then. And I've been more aware of it since. And I think looking back on, on the podcast, looking back on, on how I kind of performed in that one and, and what I was kind of like to now, it's a huge, huge difference. And this is, this is a testament to some of the stuff that we talk about all the time, being the process, being kind of starting to plant that tree today on that tree today mm. and then by what we're doing this this is the 10th episode you're going to be leagues and leagues ahead of where you start off and uh there's just there's just so much fun to be had but it's that first hurdle kind of clearing that first hurdle <coughs> failing failing where you fail and mm. uh learning from it that just uh there's so much so much to be gained you know what i mean 100 man you just learn by doing that's the only way really it's like you could it's like it's good to plan it's good to prepare you have to but um but the actual experience of getting good at something is only going to happen by doing the thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just hit record, you know, it was first episode. I think at the end of that first episode, you can hear us even saying like, what are we going to do with it? And you're like, Oh, you're asking me what are you going to do with it? I was like, I don't know. I'll probably put it up on YouTube or something. <laughs> and it's just, you know, we just figuring it out. We just thought this is going to be a good idea and let's just run with it. And, uh, yeah, you're right, man. It's just, it's a conversation. It's like when you feel like you got eyes on you, or you feel like you have to be a certain way. Yeah, you just you're a little bit more guarded. You're a little bit more anxious, and it's normal for that to happen. And uh, but it's also is like we don't know how we're going to interact in this kind of scenario. So we just uh, we just do. You know, we just did it, and it felt great. And it's like all right, we're going to keep doing this. And then, and I feel like it's just getting better and better and better and better each time. Because um, yeah, you just you thought you 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 learn from it. You learn like you know how you're interacting with another person, how much you're actually paying attention, the kind of words you're using to describe what you might be feeling or what you're trying to articulate, and that all improves because this practice. You know, it's a practice to be able to communicate and uh, to be able to do this well. So um, yeah, it's just by just by doing, and uh, yeah, that's so sick. It's wicked to feel that, and it's it's it goes back to incremental gains. Mm. it's just incremental games it's like we just do it we're doing this once a week you know we, we we discuss like we have a little think about what we're going to talk about and as you go through that process it gets better and better and better and better so like uh it's it's and in you it for people who are like listening and just feel like um you have to be good at something or you just like you know again it's that all or nothing approach which uh, we talk often about is is not helpful where you feel like you have to go all in and uh, by definition that means you feel like you have to know everything straight off the bat and uh, be able to get everything right straight off the bat and that's just not how it works it's just you got to you know like iterate your way forward basically you got to fall down pick yourself back up fall down again pick yourself back up and um until you fall down less and less and this is what this uh, process is kind of highlighting because between this episode and the first episode, yeah, I see a lot of uh, see a lot of growth so far, and it's just the beginning, baby. <laughs> it's just yeah, going to keep going. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I start, I start yeah. back to that. All I see is growth, Brown. Right? Like uh, I see <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I completely completely agree with that. And I think mm. the way this started is super spontaneous, and the way that it's kind of carried on. Uh, hopefully, that mm. that comes across to the listeners is that. This is just a conversation. This is a conversation that, that we both mm. feel is is super necessary. So we just have it, <laughs> and uh, and like this, we're going to get into this further into the podcast. We kind of chatted about mm. it beforehand, but um, it it's massively about I think 
actualizing on the things that you that are you like this is me mm. i remember i remember times in my life where i i wouldn't speak i wouldn't speak i wouldn't want to speak i wouldn't i was quite silent kind of growing up right and that wasn't me like i was quite mm. like shy and quite like and, and this can this can happen through many different ways many different reasons right but now i feel like through this medium as well definitely found my definitely found my voice and definitely found a way in which i can kind of express and feel good expressing and it feels every every week like having that first one and then having been able to refer back to it um it, it's such a it's such a uh was cathartic feeling to mm. be able to like just see yourself and see that you are trying and then slowly slowly like you said improve incrementally improve and like you mentioned as well like failing um and then failing forward like failing and then getting up and kind of running and the, the vision that i get in my mind is like that kid that's learning to run and like every mm. third fourth step is like a, it's a fall and a fall and all of a sudden it's like oh he's not falling anymore he's just kind of putting the step together and good luck catching him you know what i mean like that's he's off <laughs> yeah. and uh that's 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 what i feel like right now it's uh like you say you always say it's just the beginning so it's always yeah. just the beginning because like you can fail in the next in the next breath i can fail i can forget my thought and then I can start again. And that's a, that's a beginning. That's a new beginning. You know what I mean? The, the more yeah. we kind of recognize that as we go along, it's brilliant, man. It's brilliant. Exactly, man. It's, it's true. Like yeah, through this medium as well, I feel like I've, I'm also learning to embrace mistakes more often as well. Because it's just, it's just, I mean, we're doing something like, you know, both have no idea the best way to go about it, but we're doing. And that's the most important bit. And uh, yeah, man, that's sick. I, I can appreciate that. It's, uh, I, I feel it as well. I see it and I see, I see the level of improvement that comes with it. And it's something about it as well because it's just affecting everything else that I do as well in the sense that like for me delivering my program for clients, um, because we've articulated certain things on this podcast, it's helped me to, to, to articulate it better to them. And uh, if I find myself, and it's happening more often now as well, where I find myself, because the, because the more that we get into this, we cover more topics. Yeah. And then a client will ask me something, will say something. I'll be like, you know what? You need to listen to the podcast because it actually gets covered in this element of the podcast. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's working, man. It's, um, it's like, you know, we talked about overwhelm and guilt and that's super, super necessary um, because people who go through a program of, you know, lifestyle change where they want to get healthier, want to get fitter, and it's not something that they're used to you're going to you're going to fall down often and you're going to be met with information which you need to act on and it's a lot of inputs so you take in a lot of inputs your brain just goes oh shit i don't know what to do with this and you freeze you know you get that overwhelm feeling and uh, we covered that in that in the conversation last week and one of my clients was talking about it and um, i was like yeah we, you, this would be a good good episode for you to listen to or at least uh, that section of it and uh, and yeah so it's 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 become super helpful for the process of um, delivering delivering my service better as well. And yeah, sure. it's great for sure. I'm mean, exactly the same with clients. Like uh, mm. I find myself referring back to topics we've covered exactly the same as you're doing, and just saying mm. something like, "You you need to use it, just plug in." And uh, the clients that have, no one's turning off. This is the thing: is that mm. people come on and they stay. You know, I mean, like kind of mm. they might they might kind of uh, miss an episode or kind of catch half an episode, but it's fine it's fine because really the, the this is why this this chat is super necessary is because it's so thought-provoking you know what i mean and like at the end of the day we're all here going through a very similar human experience with nuanced detail differences it's like 
we I, I believe that we speak to the 90 percent of of similarities where you're going to come with the 10 percent you know you're going to come with your own 10 percent but the 90 percent is will be will kind of filters through all of us and that's that's um so deeply rooted in the topics that we discuss so mm. yeah i've just noticed that it's so applicable to so many people who come from so many different walks of life who like i said they'll have that 10 percent difference but the 90 percent they can latch on to uh all day every day yeah and it's just it's just grounded in principles of uh, you know essentially what does it take to to live a fulfilling life right mm. and uh, the 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 greater the knowledge base of humanity uh extends to the the more we learn like the greater the fields open up so things like uh, neuroscience uh positive psychology behavioral psychology evolutionary psychology evolutionary biology um for us like you know human neurobiomechanics basically how the human body likes to move um nutrition these are the kind of things that we like to talk about but it's all like kind of grounded in principles of what it is to live a full healthy um healthy life and what it is to achieve one's potential yeah. and uh, so that's why you know, hopefully it speaks out to a lot of people because that's that's all grounded in um grounded in a principle it's who we be man it's who we be <laughs> who, <laughs> we be. <laughs> who we be we can't we can't like we i can't talk on being a horse right like it's not, it's not, <laughs> I, have, I have no i have no like life experience on that shit but i feel like I'm, i've been through the the university of life for the last like 28 years um, and there's similarities. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I sent you, I sent you that video of uh, the horses grappling, right? Love it, man. I was like, so damn, sick. even horses like to grapple. They will like, go how the hell do horses man. grapple? But they do it. They do it. Twisted each other up, man. I watched those. I was like, exactly. watch the, watch, watch the does. Watch the does. <laughs> A horse does. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> just up on the back legs, hoofing it, yeah. hoofing it. Just <laughs> oh, exactly. people, people are like, what the fuck are you guys talking about right now? Yeah. <laughs> Horses like to grapple. That's all you need yeah. to know. Grappling yeah. is everywhere. If you don't grapple, you're not a creature. <laughs> no, man. That's that's legit. Like, we we kind of look at like, was it great? All the great like men documented in history um mm. lots of them are grapplers right lots of them have kind of been through this this uh art that definitely teaches you about yourself and uh we, we were talking about this before we came on air just like r the times that you find out about yourself when you're grappling it's uh it's oh. craziness man craziness yeah exactly it's like there's uh there's a lot of sports that'll do it for you but there's something so visceral about grappling uh, about fighting that mm. uh, that does it but um oh man like we'll, we'll go off on we'll go off talking about that uh, but one of the things that we decided we wanted to talk about was uh restrictive eating versus flexible eating we're going to take a bit of a nutrition a nutrition yeah. chat and nutrition focus on the first part of this podcast and um uh and that came from like you know basically thoughts over the last week uh, some conversations with clients as well and just the kind of underlying tone of uh or, or rather what uh, what forms the basis of most people's thinking around what it is to be eating well and eating clean so i'm mm. going to put that in inverted commas eating well and eating clean and uh, so that you can succeed at being healthy and living uh, uh getting into shape so for a lot of people it might be to lose weight or maintain a good healthy weight and um and there's the notion that it has to be restrictive 
is uh, restrictive eating. So by that, the definition of restrictive eating is eliminating foods or eliminating groups of foods. So you could think of like a ketogenic diet, for example, which is extremely low carbohydrate, almost no carbohydrates, and uh, and high fat and moderate amounts of protein. Or it could be completely other ways, like eliminate fats and you have uh, high carbohydrates and moderate amounts of protein. So there's, there's like all these different like maybe fads, you could look at it that way. Um, there's definitely a lot of fads, but uh, there's lots of uh, styles of eating out there, and um, and people come be, can become quite pretty dogmatic about them, and and uh, they can be pretty restrictive. So what we wanted to get into was the idea that um, there's a restrictive eating, and sure it can help you achieve your goals, um, but there's also flexible eating, and that will certainly help you achieve your goals and. But there's there's a difference between the two of them, uh, which is quite uh, really really important to address, and uh, really important to address for the sake of long term health and uh, health benefits and um, keeping yourself in your best shape. So, you know, just described restrictive eating, and then there's flexible eating. So, flexible eating is basically knowing what your calorie intake needs to be for your particular goal, and then meeting that calorie intake, and uh, and then aligning your uh, macronutrient intake, so that's uh, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, and micronutrients as well, uh, to to that calorie to that calorie limit, basically. So um, it's it's more flexible because you can be essentially eat whatever you want as long as you're maintaining your calorie um, calorie target and uh, eating the appropriate amount of uh, protein and carbohydrates and fat for your particular goal. So with uh and and there's basically there's research out there as well so uh, the difference between restrictive eating and flexible eating for the long term so with restrictive eating what tends to happen is is people will cut out uh, groups of food and uh, there's a proclivity for developing eating disorders in the restrictive eating uh, model it's uh, it been shown that you are at a significantly higher risk of developing eating disorders in a restrictive eating model versus a flexible eating model uh, whereas in the flexible eating model, because you have more freedom of choice by definition of uh, flexible eating, you don't vilify certain food groups. You don't see certain food groups as bad and certain food groups as good. You just basically learn to um, you learn to eat whatever you want, but as long as you're smart about it, right? So nothing is off limits, and you learn to be smart about it. And for a lot of people, they would have tried a restrictive eating model. Um, they would have gone down that route because that's what they get told. And that's what you think is a smart thing to do. And there's, I mean, we could go into all the different reasons why, but there's definitely a lot of media noise around, you know, do this or do that, do this or do that. This is healthier for you. Eat low carb. It's, <clears throat> it's much better for you than eating low fat. And then if you're reading that in a publication, then you might see that on page six, they're talking to you know, all the health benefits of eating low carb, but then you go to page 13 and then uh, they're giving you a recipe for um, uh, like a ketogenic recipe where it's like high fat and uh, uh, low carb or the other way around. They'll give you a high carb, low fat recipe and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to listen to here? You know, what's, uh, what's going on? What's the best way for me to eat? So there's a lot of confusion that goes around it as well. Um, and so with restrictive eating, you want to ask yourself as well if you're eliminating food groups and that's your way of trying to get into shape you want to ask yourself number one how long can you keep that up for is that sustainable 
And the second question you want to ask yourself is, is this enjoyable? Do I enjoy this way of eating? And because if you think about it, it is like in every context, every, every aspect of your life, when you're socializing, when you're home alone, when you need to go get a takeout, uh, whatever the scenario is, that restrictive eating model is basically it's in your mind telling you what's good and what's bad and you're immediately putting yourself under that kind of pressure to uh to make sure that you don't fall off the bandwagon so to speak by uh, by uh not um, not restricting yourself and you feel like you always have to restrict yourself um and so the, the the answers to those questions is chances are there's going to be no, you know, is it sustainable? No. Is it something that you enjoy? No, because you're always thinking about what you can't do as opposed to what you can do. And that's not going to allow you to sustain weight loss. And crucially, you're not going to be able to keep it off for the long term and maintain your ideal weight, maintain your ideal shape, your ideal composition, how you feel, because you're always worried about what you shouldn't eat. And whereas in the flexible eating model, you know what you're, uh, like you know what you're aiming at, and you can adapt on a given day, based on what you're doing, where you're going, um, what's available to you, and you can change it up. So let's say that you know you eat three square meals a day, and you have a certain amount of protein, carbohydrates, and fats and vegetables in those meals. Um, in a restrictive eating model, you wouldn't even be able to. So, say if it was low carb, you'd you'd uh, you'd completely cut out your uh, uh, you'd completely cut out what kind of carbohydrates you'd had. So, j even then, just the question of having, say, a dessert would uh, go out the window because they're bound to be full of carbohydrates. You're not going to you're not going to entertain the idea, or you're rather you're not thinking about uh, you're thinking about it but you can't do it whereas in a flexible eating model you decide that i'm going to eat something which is uh, which looks like a dessert and then what you can do is you can evaluate what you're eating in your meals and decide to uh, remove some things from the main meal and add those things uh, uh sorry let me say that again you're thinking of removing uh the kind of like the calorie equivalent and the carbohydrate and fat equivalent that you would get from the uh from the dessert from your main meal and then you're attributing it to your dessert instead so overall you are enjoying your food you're also getting health benefits from your food and you are not beating yourself up about making a decision which doesn't align with um a restrictive eating model version of that so there's there's plenty to um, plenty to gain uh, from flexible eating in the long term, and plenty to lose from restrictive eating in the long term. And you want to basically, for most people, you want to essentially try and follow more of a flexible eating model, where you give yourself the chance to enjoy foods as well as stay healthy, rather than a restrictive eating model where you're just taking away the enjoyment from food because you're always wondering what is it that you can't have as opposed to what you can have and uh, so when you 
like uh, within the restricted uh, within the flexible eating model uh, it's a process to start to learn how to get smart about it and you know as anything is we were just talking about the process just there uh, but what you're doing is is learning learning a way of sustaining yourself and enjoying your food which you can keep doing long term forever and ever and ever and uh, and you're getting better at that process so you're improving your baseline each time and you'll start to learn exactly what works for you on a given day uh, given the circumstances that you're in i can speak to that from personal experience you know i've got experience of you know doing it long enough to be like okay i know that if i rely on these three two to three meals on a given day I am absolutely fine. I know that inside out in my head now, and I know how to be flexible around that too. So if I want to change it up and uh, do different things, I know how to be flexible with that. And so I'm still keeping myself healthy and in shape. And so nothing is off limits for me. I can enjoy ice cream. I can enjoy a donut. I can enjoy a pizza. Last night I had a uh, baklava with uh, with a Turkish meal. It's uh, It's all fine because I know how it fits in with my overall healthy lifestyle and so once you develop that once you have that down you'll always have the answer and uh, you always have the answer to keep yourself in good shape and instead of yo-yoing and dieting around and bouncing between being in shape and out of shape uh, beating yourself up about making certain decisions around the food that you have there's there's lots that is packed into um, that restrictive eating versus flexible eating conversation but I thought it was important to address uh, since it was something that kind of came up and I uh, realized that for a lot of people, this is uh, this is a challenge um, based on what you see out there and a lot of uh, noise that's out there. But essentially, flexible eating is a much better way for you to go. You learn how to operate within a healthy framework and you don't have to limit yourself and you just learn to make good decisions for yourself over the long term. Yeah, man. Some legit advice there, man. Some really legit advice. I think the the experience I've had with with food and with eating is I can speak I can speak to this in relation to my own experience with dropping weight as well as um, as well as gaining weight, and then in terms of clients and uh, what I've experienced working away in London, kind of being involved in a heavily like transform your body quickly kind of state and what that requires versus how uh how life actually is you know what i mean so the way i'm kind of seeing this is like we look at exercises and we say this is an isolation exercise and this is a compound exercise so like compound exercise is more more all-encompassing of the body it kind of requires a lot of different things to be uh in your control and then you can go ahead and do that compound exercise so like imagine like a a cleaning press in terms of like a a olympic lift or like a uh what overhead squat or even like a, a ring push-up or, or dip or whatever so what i'm trying to get at here is that the the compound exercise is very much like flexible eating in the sense that mm. you've got to have the the discipline You've got to have the awareness. You've got to have the understanding, the alignment around these foods work for me. Like you said, these two to three meals, I can have them every day, all day. And I know exactly what I'm going to get a plus, um, a plus B equals C with these meals. Like I'm not going to feel bloated. I'm not going to feel I'm stressed. Or I'm not going to feel like I'm having any kind of digestive dis discomfort. Um, I know the amounts to have. I know what they do to my, my calorie kind of uh, limit for the day. Uh, I have all of these faculties these prerequisites in place 
and then now I can fully be autonomous with my eating. And I think that requires a level of of chill. It requires a level of chill mm-hmm. with with your diet to be kind of stress free in a way. Um, I remember some of the clients that I had when I was working in London super stressed individuals like working for massively expensive companies and just having a lot of a lot of shit on their heads and for those people for me to tell for me to try and instill a a flexible eating model was difficult and and i think the reason as to why it was difficult was because they they just didn't have the brain space to be autonomous with their meals or kind of be be um in a space where they could make that choice on the on the go and uh, because of high stress in other places because of that potentially not optimizing things like your sleep and your recovery and your digestive kind of uh desires you're more you're sometimes prone to making these bad choices um so that kind of links back to if you've got a stressful work scenario if you've got kind of a, a home home situation where it's sometimes tough and you've got all these other things that are kind of going against you that making willpower your your last resource um sometimes flexible eating is is tough you know what i mean because you get there you're faced with the choice and on the day like if you're if you're backed up against the wall it's like oh that that pizza looks really good i'm just going to go and grab some of that because it's quick it's easy i know what i'm going to get um and that's kind of links back into you know what you're going to get with two to three meals of, of salmon and rice, chicken and uh, chicken and sweet potato, and uh, a protein shake that you've made with with X, Y, and Z because you've done those reps, right? Whereas somebody who kind of works in the city has like has has worked in the city for the last five years, like arrived on day one frantic, and it's been frantic ever since. Like the the reps they've got are like prep. They've got like at best like a pre kind of protein box and then at worst it's like it can go really bad right like kind of uh i think that frame of reference for somebody who's working in a high stress situation they've they've maybe not had the time to to chill with their eating so their approach for that kind of person sometimes in my opinion can be beneficial to restrictive eat but under the supervision of somebody who's going to bring you out of that and i think this is where mm. like our coaching kind of styles and i know that in the past it's it, it, again i'm linking it back to to training right so somebody wants to do a squat okay right well they have to have the relevant hip mobility the core stability the ankle mobility the the awareness of the actual movement and then we put it all together and oh hey presto you have a squat but at the end the, 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 the kind of prerequisites i've got to break all those things down and kind of have you move through them so like day one with somebody it's like okay this is how to use my fitness pal this is how to this is how to this is a protein this is a fat this is a carbohydrate um yep. this is how this is how you you log it on my fitness pal right like these are these are the, the little building blocks that go into you okay one day you can squat one day you can go out to marks and spencers and, and pick your own meal you know what i mean like kind of mm-hmm. come back with something that has 30 grams of fat and and 50 grams of protein and then like lower grams of of of, uh, of carbs because you're trying to you're trying this um because for that meal you want to you want to limit limit fat limit carbohydrates um i think this is the, the the model that i've kind of had success with in the past when when looking at these two in like kind of opposition i think it's almost like mm. a spectrum like you mm. you qualify yourself for flexible eating once you've done the reps in some way in in terms of restrictive eating but it's always better to end up here it's always better to end up flexibly mm. controlling your diet and flexibly controlling your eating habits however i think at the start there's a lot of people that 
it's like it's like Mark Zuckerberg, right? He wears the same pants and shirt every day, and like because it's yeah. like dis- decision fatigue, like kind of kills you. It's like you need mm-hmm. that Homer Simpson wardrobe. Like just be be Homer Simpson. Like don't don't worry <laughs> yeah. about kind of um, um, too many choices and too many things. And uh, this is this yeah. is actually I had a client uh, sign up with me today. I went for a walk and we uh, we had a consultation and and she was kind of talking about how she's a foodie and mm. uh, that term kind of sometimes meaning she was showing me she was happy really proud of some of the things that she'd made in the past and she was she was showing me like uh, this is a kebab dish that I've made and it was this and there and that and there and everything else and that and I could see that this lady's having discomfort with with her diet and with her weight issues but she's very much into food so what that kind of mm. looks like to me is that somebody who is is kind of in it but they don't fully understand what they're putting in their body so for this person mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna opt for again a bit more of a restriction based until they understand all the faculties around what they're playing with it's like you can be a foodie mm-hmm. but do you fully understand what you're what you're doing it's kind of like it's kind of like the person that goes to the gym and spends four hours there it's like you're you're going there but do you really know why you should be going there like you should be going there to get get parasympathetic get sympathetic and then get out like not go there to make friends, you know. What I mean, like this. This is the kind of the the uh, the, the difference. Um, so yeah, man, that, that, that's, that's it's a really interesting topic, and I think a lot of people will will stick their flag in the sand and be like, "I'm this." Mm. It's like, yeah, really, this is just a learning thing. This is just like an mm. awareness tool, right? Like, kind of once we have that awareness, you've got to plug it into your life, and can you live with it day in day out? And almost not can you, but should you like? does mm. does that like uh yeah, well, i used the analogy before came on air like i'm only going to do bench press it's like mm. what implication does that have like i'm only going to eat vegetarian food it's like well, we know now that you'll be massively lacking in b vitamins you'll be massively lacking in things like creatine and like um sometimes like uh, essential oils for the body um these these just won't be present in your diet you know what i mean like things like carnitine they just won't be present in your diet and these are the things that sometimes your body needs so should you put your flag in that sand mm, sometimes but sometimes you should mm. also be over here and that's where the the flexible dieting comes in but i think it shows people can uh, have interest and i think nowadays things are coming to the forefront but yeah it's definitely a spectrum like you want to be yeah. you want to be that black belt right at the end you know you kind of yeah. want to make your mistakes and then just etch your way to be like oh, okay I, I understand all the moving pieces now mm-hmm. i'd like to be uh flexible in how i eat yeah yeah, completely. Yeah. And that's um, that's why I think um, that's that's why that model works because within that is uh, you've you've figured out what works best for you, and uh, rather than just prescribing to one line of thinking, um, and and then not even challenging whether it's the way that you uh, like, if you're restricting yourself for a certain period of time, is like okay is like how much joy and how much is, uh, how much is it going to be able to sustain you and so like you said is like starting off with that is so it's definitely so there's certainly a spectrum as well this is what flexible eating caters for is that spectrum as well because um so if we if we delve into a little bit more where it's like uh, with the idea of flexible eating is it, it within that you can you can adopt whatever you want to adopt as well so you can make it work in whatever way that you need it to work so it could be that within flexible eating but you figured that you know paleo is a good idea for you then okay go and experiment with it within that framework and uh, if you know you we even talk like like vegetarianism is okay go and experiment with it within that framework 
and it can work for you as long as you are hitting the appropriate macros and then you understand that you aren't um, uh, you are mitigating for the deficiencies that you are likely to um, have in your diet with like b vitamins and essential essential fats by supplementing it as well and again that's going to be an iterative process you're gonna it's going to be a process to get yourself to that level and um so within that framework is like you can you can experiment with all these different ways of eating and um and the difference being with um so i think like to to define restrictive eating even more is like completely like completely cutting out certain types of foods or certain groups of food like vilifying them is basically what ends up happening so what it sounds like you're describing is is um here's here's like the um here's the calorie plan here's the macro plan and whatever you do you just want to fit within that does that sound about right i think so mm -hmm. in in terms of like yeah in terms of flexible eating right is that, is that is that where you're you're kind of in terms of okay here's here's the calorie limit here's here's the protein kind of target and the carb target and, and the fat target um you kind of make it up of being make it up from being flexible in your food choices mm. is it yeah? yeah and then and in terms yeah. of like restrictive eating kind of being like oh i, I want to i just want to have a a caveman diet and and that kind of being the only thing that you subscribe to and quite a lot of the time with with these with these restrictive eating plans there's no adherence or there's no awareness around actually calorie targets like mm. the body the body regardless of, of whether you're eating paleo or whether you're eating um a balanced diet needs a limit you know what i mean like it needs it needs like what, what is it like your basal metabolic rate um like that's the amount of calories you burn in the day like you if you exceed that it doesn't matter what kind of diet you're on you'll gain body fat you'll gain in in, in you'll gain as a, as a net uh as a net positive um whereas if you're at a deficit with any of these calorie plans you're likely to lose but the or you will lose sorry the the thing that people miss the wood for the trees on with with dieting i think or with restrictive eating or with just food in general is that how does that food interface with your body like the mm. the, the the way that kind of i've kind of extrapolated this out from something else that i studied this week but it's like you can have the the physics argument which is like on a stick figure and you can look at something kind of going up and down or you can look at it in real life and see that the dimensions to this are quite a lot broader than than just okay it's 20 grams of protein and it's 30 grams of carbs and it's 15 grams of fat it's okay what does that do when it goes in my body well, it depends where it comes mm. from it depends kind of mm. what time of day is it depends what kind of state you've eaten it in did you digest it it depends kind of um did you eat drink water with that meal or did you have it at the wrong time uh, uh did you kind of just rush it and were you were you, were you even mm. focused on your food you know i mean there's so many other <laughs> faculties and factors that go into you can have the best diet plan in the world but then if you don't consider these other things it's it's not going to work for you you know what i mean that that's the the long-term um uh proviso that turns it into a lifestyle it's it's yeah. it's that, that that that's the kicker for a lot of people and i think when mm -hmm. when you see these things kind of printed in magazines and like hello magazines is just the women's kind of version of flex magazine for, for dudes and bodybuilders right like and it's the same thing like if, you, if you're getting your your training advice from from like three sets of 10 cable flies, three sets of 10 bench press, three sets of 10 dips. It's like, but for who? Like for, for mm. what human in what state? Like it's the same thing about, oh, have your pomegranate salad with mango and avocado. It's like, 
but for who like what what kind of person what kind of person is yeah. taking this in you know what i mean that that's yeah. the that's the thing that people that's the question that people don't ask themselves and i think it's just an, it's an awareness thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah fully mm-hmm. it's like uh yeah because you've got to take into account where you're coming from as well which is uh like let's look at extreme versions is like uh and they do exist is um somebody who's eating mcdonald's three times a day you know, is uh, what you're going to get them to eat mango pomegranate salad straight off, uh, straight off the bat. <laughs> it's like, nah, it's not going to happen. So uh, who is it for? It's like, well, it's, it's not for a lot of people, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who struggle to struggle to get that in. That's an extreme example, but it's definitely, there's, uh, it's just highlighting that there are, um, there are those people who just can't make those kinds of decisions because it's just too far uh, down the track, you have to create the process to get yourself uh, leveling up each time. And then, yeah, three sets of 10 on cable flies, three sets of 10 on bench press, three sets of 10 on dips. It's like, who is it for? Is uh, somebody who's uh, somebody who's like maybe like overweight and potentially obese and um, they're not going to be able to do dips. And uh, like if they are in that shape, it's likely likelihood is that they don't know how to use their body. So you're going to prescribe them or you're just telling them to do something and uh, they they don't know how to execute it and then they try there's potential for injury but then there's also potential for just giving up because it's like you just don't feel like you know what you're doing so is um yeah and then within and then relating it back to uh, relating it back to the model that's why uh, yeah, so let's look at it from like broadly speaking as well, where again, looking at the magazine example, where a lot of people will probably get some information is like, hey, try this, hey, do this. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff on like, yeah, that restrictive eating style. Whereas if you if you give the framework of around more flexible eating, so um, meaning that here's what you know, what your targets are. Even like if you are that person who goes to McDonald's three times a day and gets your meals from there, if you have that flexible eating framework, you can still make improvements. You can still get healthier, mm. even if you are going to McDonald's three times a day, because most of uh, what, what a lot of diets don't take into account. So whether it's paleo, whether it's vegan, whether it's vegetarian, whether it's pescatarian, whether it's uh, carnivore, you know, most of the health benefits that people are getting from following these diets is because they end up being in a calorie deficit, which helps them to lose weight. So that's really, really important to understand because it does away with all the bullshit that you see everywhere that is peddled everywhere. It doesn't matter what you're eating, as long as you adhere to what your, uh, what your style is, as long as you are consistent and you can sustain it those are the things that get your results so it could be paleo it could be vegan it could be vegetarian pescatarianism it could be carnivore but as long as you can sustain all those things and the things that all of them have in common is that basically somebody who's trying to get healthy is getting healthy because for the most part that health benefit is coming from being in a calorie deficit so calorie deficit is what's driving uh, somebody to improve their health and then when you start to get to a level um, where you know that is under control then is like uh, you know you can start introducing the quality of the foods it again it depends on who you are where in the journey that you are how easy it is for you to introduce high quality foods but essentially 
if you're following that framework, you're going to make benefits and uh, you don't have to judge yourself for not being able to pick the organic pomegranate and mango mm. salad to eat for lunch because, you know, that's what you got told you should do. It's more like, okay, here's my framework. I can make this, this, and I've got an option. I've got a bunch of choices I can make, but any choice that I make is good. You see what I mean? And it's like, uh, and as long as it fits this calorie and macro model, and then I'm all good. So it could be McDonald's three times a day until you can build up the reps in that and get better and better at making choices. Mm. And then it starts moving away from that. But it's, it's entirely possible. And that's why that's helpful over like that pure restrictive eating model um, where uh, you just say, cut out this, cut out that, cut this out, cut that out. Because then that just, it doesn't, because uh, ultimately to get that long-term, long-term result, People need to be autonomous and people need to be empowered to make the, the mm. decision to make better choices. And that stuff doesn't, if that's the only way that it's going to go, if it doesn't build into a flexible way of eating. Mm. And, and so, um, so yeah, it's on, it's on a spectrum. Um, like, uh, so it's on a spectrum. The restrictive eating can come into it uh, in extreme cases. Um, in the sense that say you're a bodybuilder and you need to diet down for, for a competition, right? It's like, yeah, that's, that's specific. And no one in it is, it wants to live like a bodybuilder basically. So, uh, you have to, you have to be pretty freaking committed. You know, what these guys do is insanely, insanely dedicated. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, there is there is a time and a place for these things, but we have to bring it back into what that person is capable of. And generally speaking, we want to make it so that it's sustainable, it's enjoyable, uh, it empowers, and it is um, uh, it like allows you to be autonomous and not attach any kind of negative feelings and thoughts around the food that you eat. And um, the best way to essentially do that is to follow a more flexible framework and then you can ex and like yeah like it basically like the way you described it with with the clients who are approaching is like starting off restricted and building into flexible eating mm -hmm. it kind of actually it's like uh it sounds like it's already in that flexible eating mold yes um, yeah exactly so you're already in that flexible eating mold and within that you've got the restrictive eating model going in there and then that person is learning what's working best for them within the within that framework and um so yeah that's yeah that's it man that's it I, I i think i i jumped the gun earlier with with jumping straight into defining restrictive eating differently to how, how you defined it earlier okay. um well, i probably yeah, missed that yeah. part because I, I had to go blow my nose i was like yeah damn, sure damn, <laughs> damn hay fever um, God, yeah, 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 so. yeah. So the definition of because uh, there 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 are set definitions. The definition of restrictive eating is basically eliminating foods or food groups, like you know, yeah. you're carnivore on one end, and then you might be vegan on the other end. And yeah. um, or there's obviously there's in between. You could just decide to go zero carbohydrates. You could decide to go zero fat. And yeah. uh, when you're in that frame, you're always looking at what you can't eat as opposed to what you can eat. Mm. And then uh, flexible framework is yeah, you're you've got your calories and you've got your macros that you know that you need to fulfill and yeah. just go to town like how do you go about fulfilling that and and this is highly empowering it's um it just gives people 
um, the uh, the power to be like, oh, so nothing is off limits. I don't, mm-hmm. and nothing is a bad decision as long as it fits in with this. Yeah. And then you learn to build off of that. You learn to build like, okay, you can learn that a certain food made you feel a certain way. And you realize you actually want to have less of that and then go further and further and further. And um, okay, because I was talking about it with a client of mine where um, if I'm spending time at my family's, at my parents' place, it's like, it's a time where I just like, I get to just be a kid again, where, you know, I'm there for a few days and they just feed me whatever they, mm. whatever they want, like wherever I want. And it's like, look, mom, dad, it's like, whatever you make, I'm going to munch it. So they do kind of food. And, um, and, and so the question was like, you know, how do you deal with that? You're completely out of, you know, your own little routine that you've got, you know exactly what works for you. I'm like, look, if I'm there for a few days, I, I run with it. It's fine. You know, it's not going to ruin me because I know the framework. Um, I know what works for me in terms of like how much food is useful for me. And that's something that we can teach people as well. Like there are easy ways for you to learn how to get a rough idea of how much you should be eating without having to put food on a weighing scale, without having to mm. think about how many calories you're consuming. There are ways of doing that in a more practical sense if you're not mathematically inclined, whereas I am mathematically inclined as well. So I will like document everything that I do. And um, so th- th- again, those things have their time and place as well, because we would recommend for certain people to be able to document it for sure, because you need to bring that awareness. That's, that's a different conversation. But essentially, it came up as like, you know, how do you deal with that? I'm like, I'm going to run with it. And, uh, uh, but if I was going to be there for like two weeks, then I will need to address it completely differently as if I was living in my own routine and as if I was going to go about it so that I could be as, uh, so I could function like I normally function. Whereas in my parents' place, I'll eat what they, uh, I'll eat what they give me and it'll be only for a few days and it's fine because I know I'm going to go back to my normal routine. And that's another thing that frees you up as well, which is knowing that if a day goes off track, it doesn't matter because you've got the next day to reset, you know, or the next moment to reset. It's not even the thing that has to be like a, a day-to-day thing. It's just like the moment you realize it, you just you just reset, you know, you go back into alignment. And uh, so the conversation was just basically, how do you deal with that? And it's like, well, it depends. I know I'm there for a few days. I know it's fine. I know I'm going to go back to normal. If I was there for a few weeks, then yeah, it's going to be different because I'm going to need to eat more in my style. I'm going to need to eat so that I can uh, take care of myself rather than just being obviously being gluttonous all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you learn, yeah, you learn to you learn to work, you learn to work, yeah, work, uh, work. You learn to work something uh, out for yourself, which is going to suit you way better than any other any other way. For sure, man. For sure, this this you've been gifted the process. That's the one. Yeah, been gifted the process That's of kind of understanding where the body wants to be through mm. the through the various moving moving parts of it, right? And I mm. think uh, back to that see, seeing um, restrictive eating as okay, limit calories and kind of stick to these certain things for now, but then always having the oh, sorry, uh, seeing flexible eating as like flexible restrictive eating almost like a hybrid Mm. of the two where it's like okay i want you to stick to a protein and a amount of vegetables and am a carbohydrate source and kind of there you you kind of you have the you have the autonomy but you 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 are you are understanding of okay this workout needs to consist of a hinge movement needs to consist of a of a upper body push Mm. movement like where we are now we're now like 
plugging and playing with our Lego pieces, right? Rather than kind of just like um, playing with only a certain kind of Lego, right? It's like you're only going to get so far. You're going to build. You're going to build a house, but it's going to be a wonky house, right? Let's, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's let's use all our pieces, right? Let's yeah. kind of let's, let's play with this properly. Yeah, exactly. Man. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's it. That's good, man. So I thought, yeah, that was, um, yeah, I thought that would be useful to talk about. For sure, for sure. There's, there's a lot of people out there who definitely, um, I, th I think with, I'm noticing this more and more, right? Do you, do you ever get the impression that people talk sometimes to help somebody or to actually just say what they want to say? You know what I mean? Like, kind of, I, I feel like with a lot of these, with a lot of these uh, health food magazines, their context yeah. is not there. The context is yeah. not there. The and it's the same. I'm not, I'm not just kind of shooting at health food magazines. I'm kind of shooting at like, like I said, Flex magazine earlier. I used to read this stuff like there was a Bible when I was younger, and be like, mm. this, this is this is my Bible of gains, right? And <laughs> really, really, I would be I would have been much better off suited understanding what flexion extension meant, where relevant joint positions should be, what how the how the bicep interfaces with with uh, the tricep and kind of at various joint angles, like all the things that I, I've actually hung my hat on now, that's what I should have been doing. Whereas these other kind of people thinking that they knew, um, putting things out there, and I, I suppose it comes from a position of wanting to help, but really, unless you actually have the facts around it, it's uh, it's almost like irresponsible in a way, as well as being kind of leading people astray, right? People that kind of necessarily don't, don't know any better because how many times are you going to see an expert reading like, hello magazine or like whatever whatever these kind of healthy woman like it's this that doesn't exist right like kind of that's let's align ourselves with with the best mm -hmm. practices out there and and kind of yep. um come down from there and i think this is this is a this is kind of segue off into something else you want to talk about right which was kind of doing your best um aim, aiming higher was it aiming higher oh no it was um uh well yeah well there's there's several things that we we're gonna go into okay, it's like yeah. uh uh there was so like uh like segueing into like you know you're stronger than you think so right. it was it was related to you know um so yeah basically it's like it's entirely different like type of discussion going on as well but it was something that uh, i came across uh last week when i was on a webinar and this was about uh you know understanding the pelvic floor and um and what ended up happening was, uh, you know, it was, it was a webinar. Um, you got dissections going on, and uh, you can see, like, you know, all the muscles that form the basis of our core. And yeah, super fascinating. Um, I always forget um, that it's dinner time at the same time as I'm watching this. So I'm like, God damn it, man. It's like, there's all these dissections going on. There's freaking like pieces of human everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> Just munching away at like a chicken chicken salad, and I'm like, hmm, that kind of looks like my chicken. But um, but yeah, the, no, the sick thing was, uh, uh, yeah. So it was just basically um, watching that webinar, and then there was a link to a paper that was posted, and uh, in that paper, it was about cl um, clinicians, uh, the language that clinicians use with people who are suffering from pain. In this specific instance, it was lower back pain, and uh, it's the the effect that. Uh, the story that you tell yourself from the story that you hear from somebody else, like from an expert that they tell you how much of a bearing that actually has an individual is, is off the charts. It's crazy. Like, uh, uh, so for example, like on a, on a minor level is like, if you're going in to see a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or an osteopath and, and, um, 
uh, you've got a low back pain and you feel like, you know, you shouldn't be doing, you know, you feel like you're fragile. You feel like your, your spine is crushed. You feel like all these like negative connotations with an injured spine that makes your condition worse than if you didn't believe those things about your spine, then, and I mean, these are, these are all things that are like, you know, I've, I've known for time is like the language that somebody uses about their own situation changes how they approach their situation, changes how they feel about the situation. And then even then to compound that, then you are clinicians saying, yeah, you shouldn't do this movement because it's bad for you. And then so somebody is looking at, you know, bending over to pick up uh, something they've dropped off the floor, but then that clinician just said to them, they've got it in their head, like the clinician said, you shouldn't do that. And uh, so before they've even decided to make that movement, they're getting pain sensitivity. You know, they're, they're heightened, heightened pain sensitivity. And that's before they've even made the movement. So and there's a funky neurology that goes on with uh, between the brain and body where um, you don't even have to have something physically uh, wrong with you for you to experience pain. You don't have to have some physical uh, dysfunction or a disturbance or uh, a trauma for you to be experiencing pain. And, and, uh, and so that gets exacerbated with uh, the language that the clinician is used with someone. Uh, com uh, conversely, if somebody says, um, oh, you know what? you've got this pain, but you should keep moving. You should keep doing movements that you can perform. And don't worry, like, you know, over time, things will get better. Those people perform better. You know, they they experience a better quality of life and they don't have that stress and that nervousness and anxiety around the pain that they're experiencing. Then there was an instance where, like on the extreme end, there was a woman who she ended up having an abortion because she didn't believe that her core was strong enough to handle uh, childbirth she was told that she had a weak core and then she believed it to the extent where she just had an abortion because she thought she couldn't handle childbirth and that's just like that's mind bl mind blowing right and and what I wanted to talk about in that context was like you know you are stronger than you think you you have a lot more capacity built into you as a physical human being let alone as a psychological emotional spiritual human being uh to be able to handle a shit ton of stuff and we can look at like you know extreme ends of the spectrum to understand how far we can take our performance like um you know we were talking about Hapthor Bjornsson he's a strong man who's just broken the world record for the deadlift and lifted 501 kilos off the ground that's a stupid amount of weight and that's crazy strength and uh, you know he's a he's a freak of nature in his own way but it's it's just going to show it just goes to show what is possible, and how strong a human being can get. And it was uh, man who got that knockout. Sean O'Malley knocked him out in uh, a couple of UFCs ago. Um, oh man, Wineland is it Eddie Wineland? Ah oh, yeah, yeah okay okay yeah yeah. So he did like the just that one punch knockout and walked away. Yeah, yeah, but Wineland yeah. basically he's like uh, he's fighting at I think it's one forty five or one thirty five. And uh, yeah, 135, I think it's bantamweight. And the dude deadlifts more than three times his body weight. He no deadlifts way. like 450 pounds. Wow. And it's like his fighting weight is 135 and his deadlift is 450 or something like that or over 400 pounds. That's crazy. And you're just like, this is just, I mean, if you saw this dude walking down the street, he's a bantamweight, so he's a small guy and he's lifting 450 pounds. He's lifting yeah. 200 kilos. You're like, what? That's so it just crazy. goes to show you, like you, you have a lot of capacity.
you know, you can be strong. You are stronger than you think. So it's a lot to do with the language that you use with yourself and uh, the language that um, the people that you surround yourself with, uh, how that influences you without you realizing it. Mm. And I think um, there's there's a lot of power in that is to understand that if you are constantly, so to extrapolate it out from this clinical setting, if you are constantly surrounded by people who have negative chat or are judgmental or whatever is just basically brings your energy down, then you need to get away from that. Uh, you need to figure out a way of getting away from that because it's, it's dampening your, uh, your impact on the world in the way that you want to achieve it. It's, pull, it's pulling you down. And, um, and then also it comes down to the story that you tell yourself as well. Like, you know, what kind of, what kind of thoughts are you like, uh, uh, populating your mind with, which are dominating your day. And there's like, we have thousands and thousands of thoughts that creep up in our head, uh, throughout the course of the day. And we actually, contrary to what most people think, you do have control over the thoughts that you put into your, put into your brain and put into your mind. And uh, so introducing a positive thought and then trying to live with that, it changes your physiology. It changes how your body and brain functions. So simple example is like uh, the idea of um, introducing a positive thought has the same effect as, um, as taking physical action. Mm. So it's uh, to the brain, it's no different. Um, so if I introduce a positive thought, like, uh, let's say for me, if I'm thinking about, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about, uh, so let's say the word strong. So for me, I use the word strong to help me stay focused during a workout when it gets hard and also to help me G myself up if I'm not in the mood, but I know it's a good day to go for a run, let's say. And um, so I could be teetering and then I'll just I've trained it now to be like my brain just goes strong and it's like oh yeah this is why I'm doing it that feels that jacks me up a little bit and that's changed my body chemistry that's changed what's going on inside my brain and um, it's given me that hit of um, dopamine and uh, norepinephrine to like uh, focus be alert and and uh, to feel good about that so the your ability to introduce a thought is the same as taking forward action. A positive thought is the same as taking forward action. And it has that same positive effect as taking forward action and, and physical action. So you want to be able to populate your mind with as positive thoughts as possible, which are also grounded in reality. They're not just like, I'm like, I'm amazing. It's like, you still got to justify to yourself why that's going to be true. You know, you're not just, uh, you're not just like, Oh, I'm better than, I'm better than Jeff Bezos of running a company is like, no, that's just a stupid assertion. It's like, uh, make it relevant to, to yourself and to what you're trying to achieve. And, um, and so if that comes down to like, okay, the example I gave was a woman who decided to have an abortion because she felt she had a weak core and couldn't handle childbirth, then, you know, flip that script. If you keep telling yourself you've got a weak core, no matter how much you work on it, you're going to feel weak. Whereas if you appreciate that, you know, every time you work on it and you like, okay, I appreciate and I celebrate the fact that I worked on it and you introduce that thought that you are, you know, gradually getting stronger, then you're going to, you're going to feel stronger. You're going to be stronger. So there's, there's a lot more to it and uh, you are stronger than you think.
100 man. 100%. I think there's the segue that I wanted to kind of branch off of with, with this and how it kind of loosely ties up, but I definitely mm. see the parallel is whenever we are outsourcing something, for instance, the last conversation we had with this was about diet and we completely fall into one camp. Effectively, what we're saying is that we've not had the time or we've not had the full inclination to go and research this ourselves. So we're going to go and buy into one modality of thinking. And then really that's all this is, mm. is that somebody's kind of decided that veganism is, is, is morally correct and that it's good for the environment. And here are the, here are the kind of sets of virtues that I feel are now being expressed through being a vegan, right? So you've kind of gotten aligned yourself with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if over time you start to see holes in this plan, you've got to be confident enough in your life to sail away from that and to mm. start moving toward your own strength. And I think this this comes back to there's so many directions I can go with this. But for instance, like having a, a training partner in the gym, and the training partner kind of thinks that this is the only way to train. And I've been that guy before where I, I used to think that it was chest day was chest day. And let's, let's annihilate this chest. And then tomorrow it's back day. And then let's go in for that. And then a whole week comes around and we're going to go back into it again. But that's me almost being blind to the options out there and not really wanting to fully express my strength, my, 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 my strength. And I think in life, the the strength comes from having many different things to pull from and i think in this instance what i would i would stress to people is that fully go out there and express and explore all the options and then decide whereas i think at one at one point this lady who's had this abortion on the back of being told one thing by one person is mm. is that that is her fully believing this one person and fully kind of being overawed by uh, by someone's opinion and mm -hmm. not ever researching it herself going out there to talk to other women or, or talk to other doctors or whatever um and fully kind of almost being scared into making a decision and mm. like you said the science behind it is that that's the way the mind works and i think there's more impressionable people out there um than we realize and i think in certain ways i've been that impressionable person i'm sure you have as well mm. um but really life for your life like you as a human being whoever's listening to this your life is totally predicated on you being completely um searching for yourself you know what i mean like kind of mm. obviously take, taking the advice of other people but then continually asking questions and continually kind of exploring all the corners and uh and willing be willing to kind of make those mistakes um and in, in turn you'll have such a rounded view that you'll be strong everywhere and mm. I think this is this is sometimes the problem with, um, like we were talking about restrictive eating versus flexible eating, is that not only do you restrict yourself and not learn about other things, but you end up controlling your diet to such a degree that the the way in which your body works is only to digest these certain things. So your like your range of things that you can actually turn in turn digest become smaller like the the available like bacteria in your gut will kind of will shrink mm. your your view your view in life will, will kind of will narrow and 
in some ways that's that's not the way to live life in terms of experiencing everything in terms of kind of seeing where you can possibly be strong and be be kind of adventurous in, in, in your life if you're limiting yourself that's 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 definitely a recipe for a long term kind of when that thing if that thing ever goes away you're almost going to feel extremely lost so mm. um there's there's definite benefit in not hanging your hat on one thing but slowly mm-hmm. taking it for what it is and then going forward and and slowly but surely uh rolling into discovering this and discovering that and and uh, and slowly just fleshing out the various possibilities and then trying them out and i think uh yeah. a lot of people out there they just they don't know where to start with this kind of stuff and i think when it comes to being stronger than you than you think you are um it's the smallest thing that can actually help you express that strength and actually find out more about that stress more about that strength mm-hmm. um and that's why like for us physical activity is, is probably number one where you, it's a physical it's literally a visual representation okay today i am six kilos strong tomorrow i might be seven kilos strong and it's like it's only it's only through trying the extra kilo that i realize i'm stronger than i think and people out there this this could be diet related as in as in like uh, today i've only i've only eaten this certain way my entire life i woke up i have cereal at lunchtime i grab a sandwich after work i, I kind of get a takeaway and then that's me um and if, if, if you're limiting yourself to this narrow scope in life that's really all you're ever going to be but um if you're if you're able to to step out of that and explore all the different corners then mm-hmm. you can expand yourself over this really vast array and uh, and be stronger in and be kind of capable first i think capable is the first thing and then kind of building upon that to be strong is um is so super necessary <laughs> super necessary <laughs> yeah. for uh, for everyone to really to really understand yeah completely is uh, um and there's a few things that you said there it's yeah like like okay so going back to the example of you know the woman's listened to that one person's word and um and then it's and then it's just downhill from there you know it's like just believing it is it's like that it's because it's coming from an expert so it's like, okay well this expert knows better than i do so they're telling me something that's wrong with me and okay that's bad news you know i've heard it from an expert and um and then tied in with that is how you know how we as human beings like like to make decisions you're trying to make it as easy as possible for ourselves so like one of the things that i've learned is um essentially when it comes to decision making where if there's a lot of input into that decision if it's if it's more complex then we try and go through the easiest path possible, right? So when it comes to health, it can be complex. It's like you know, talking about researching all the different things that could work for you. Where most people fall down at the first hurdle is just like because you've got to do the research. It's like you say, it's like you want to you want to take the easy way, and therefore you you go with the decision that's been made for you already, or and you think you might be being autonomous, but because it's the information that's presented to you most readily um you're like okay that must be the way to go and so like again a good example of this would be um uh if we're applying it to this field we're looking at um yeah so let's say uh keeping it to like you know flexible eating versus restrictive eating you're coming across more information that's saying hey reduce reduce this food group out of your out of your eating plan, reduce this food group out of your eating plan. And then 
what it does is it makes your decision making a lot easier because all you do is is just make that one decision and that in theory helps you take care of things whereas if we're going down the flexible eating path is like there's there's a few more decisions that you've got to make but generally the framework is much better for you long term but because you've got to think a little bit at the beginning you're like eh no like it's not even it doesn't even have to be a conscious thing it's just something that happens where you just go no i'm going to go and fall in the dis- uh, make the make the other decision because that's just easier for my brain to follow and understand but really that's when it's like it's not ideal it's it's not good for us so we do have to go through some level of serial processing is like you know like you describe the person who's just eating the same way the whole their whole life is like cereal for breakfast sandwich for lunch and then roast potatoes um for or pasta for dinner or something and it's like to break out of that you're going to have to become conscious and uh, so to become conscious is is a harder job because you've got to be aware and when you're aware you're paying a lot more attention and when you're paying attention is taking up resources but uh, you you can look at it as it's an op- uh, but the opportunity cost there is uh, is your health you know is like uh, you're not you're not doing you're not making the best decision for your health basically so um that's comes down to how we how we function and we kind of need to um we need to we need to yeah we need we need to understand that that is what happens that we will just go with the easier option that's presented in front of us if uh, we're not willing to think about it and actually flipping it to be like uh, no, I do need to think about it because I do need to understand all these different options. And uh, and then also crucially, it goes back to what we talked about a little bit before about intuition. It's like if you make the decision, uh, make the gut decision, that's going to be better off. And you, generally speaking, it's probably going to be the decision that's harder to execute on because doing the right thing is invariably doing the hard thing. You know, it's never the easy way out. So it's going to be relying on the intuition and understanding that your brain likes to just take the easiest route possible. And that will be with all the, all the complicated scenarios that are presented to you will pick the easiest one. And the easiest one is to just cut out a certain food group and then you try and follow that. But long-term that doesn't work. And if you were in tune with yourself, really, really in tune with yourself, you'd know that that's not going to work. So you know that your intuition was already going to tell you that there's a better way of doing this. And it just requires you to be a bit more aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a sign of strength long term mm. the body kind of rebelling is like it's trying to move you toward being stronger and mm. what, what we kind of rebel back with is like i want to i want to like over the over the course of my life my body will tell me what to do and, and kind of try and be a certain way but through my kind of stubbornness and and almost it's like a, a i'm subscribing to this way of life regardless mm. of how my my physiology wants to work um it's it's like probably the definition of misalignment you know what i mean like that that's your body's trying to move you toward that that strength and and, and kind of living your life with with unison with your body but yeah. you're almost, you've almost chosen a path that physio- physiologically we're not designed to do you know what i mean and that and that can yeah. come out in so many different ways but people kind of choose to ignore the signs of like oh my my hair's falling out or like i look like shit mm-hmm. and it's like oh but but this juice fast is great it's like, no, yeah. it's not. so it's really not yeah. you know what i mean like that that's uh that's i think i think naturally our bodies want to be strong but sometimes we can lose mm-hmm. ourselves in that mental state of 
I'd rather just follow this route because I, I it stands for something. It's it's kind of it's mm. it's it's aligning me with a certain practice that I attribute to being cool or being kind of in in uh, in in the public eye. And really, I think this is where pe- having people around you to bounce these ideas off of is super important because yeah, it's it's a case that you can get pulled into the dogma or you can get pulled into this like I think it's it's called like white coat white coat theory or white syndrome there you go yeah where they you just listen to somebody in a white coat right it's like uh that that can be extrapolated out into media and like somebody says it in in okay magazine and you're just like oh this is gospel it's like Mm. no that that's that's properly dangerous um yeah and i think the more the more you don't follow the intuition of your body like your body doesn't want to be weak it doesn't wants to be strong The more you exactly. don't follow that, I think the less reps you have in that. And then, like you said, um, it's intuition is like a muscle, right? The more you intuitively follow, the more you feel in line, the more you feel aligned. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like these podcasts now, like the more, the more I've had this medium of expressing myself, the more it's made me more confident to do so. And I think with a lot of these diets and a lot of these kind of things that move you away from where you actually want to be, if you actually follow the signs of what the body is actually rebelling against in most of these cases, it's not where you want to be, but it's, mm. it's almost like stubbornness that's keeping you there. And it's almost like yeah. a, a insecurity that you don't know where else to go. So you'll just stay here mm-hmm. because there's no other options. And yeah. uh, whereas like yeah. broadening your horizons to see that there's so many other options, that's, that's the place you want to be. hundred percent completely, man. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. Fully full truth. <laughs> yeah, that last one. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah, but that's that's fully that's legit. Is like yeah, just got to broaden your horizons. You got to realize that, like your body is communicating with you every time, right? Is like if you feel like you're weak, then that means it's probably something that you need to do to help you get stronger. Whether that's introducing the thought as we talked about, because it's true you're going to be stronger than you think. But then, if you don't believe that thought, then go about doing the thing that you feel is going to make you stronger. So if that's lifting weights, then start on that journey and start somewhere. And then you've got experts like me and you who can help on that journey, right? And uh, and so, you know, if you're overweight, there's like, there's there's a misalignment there. Your physiology is not lining up with uh, with what your intuition is, uh, is, is basically, like your body is just telling you, is intuitive, there's, there's an intuition there that something's not right. So you want to, you want to work on that and uh yeah there's there's always something that your body is telling you to do to get you to get you to do the thing that you need to do to Mm. get out of the scenario that you're in so if you're feeling uncomfortable with yourself it's like all right let's do something about it let's take some action let's um let's figure out what that is and let's go about making uh, making the choices to put the right action in place, which is going to get me to where I want to be. And uh, I think that, I think there's something nice, like, because uh, uh, I've had this conversation before, especially like listening to, um, there's something that Peterson said, Jordan Peterson said a while back, which was uh, you know, the idea that, you know, building up self-esteem is wrong when somebody clearly knows that they've got something that they're not happy about with them. So the context there is like, uh, yeah, you could, somebody could be saying like, I just don't, I don't feel right. I don't feel good about myself. And then you've got people who like, it happens like within friends, within circles and stuff like that. And people be saying, oh, no, no, you're fine. You're good. Don't worry about it. You know, people are just trying, it's like well-intentioned 
uh, advice, but it just sucks because if you feel like there's something that's not good enough about you, then the chances are that you've got to do something about that. That means mm. you're not fine. That means you're not good just the way that you are. And you need to need to go about figuring out what that feeling is so that you can step away from that and build yourself to up to, up to your own ideal, right? And in previous podcasts, I've talked about how um, – uh, you know, having a goal is that something that um, makes you makes you incomplete? Is that something that means that you are uh, uh, you're not worthy the way that you are? And I think they're actually two different conversations. In that, um, if you if you set yourself a goal, that means you've got an ideal that you're trying to attain, and it doesn't mean sorry. It was about if whether you're enough. And uh, so having a goal doesn't mean that you're not enough. That's the way I look at it. It means that you have a goal because you want to express yourself in a way that you're not expressing yourself right now. And it's within you to express yourself that way. You just need it drawn out of you by aiming for a goal. And then whereas if whereas the self-esteem approach, which is um, I've got something that I'm not happy about with myself, and but then you're just being told that, no, it's okay, you're okay, you're fine the way you are, That's uh, it's different. And uh, that's not that's not good because what that's doing is is not saying to someone that okay you're clearly not living up to your ideal you need to figure out what that ideal is and then start aiming for it and then by aiming for it you have a goal uh, by aiming for it by definition that means you have some sort of a goal and then you're trying to express your best version of yourself mm. so having a goal doesn't mean that you're not enough but. Uh, having feeling like you've got a problem with yourself and uh, you don't feel good about yourself means that you're just not expressing yourself in the way that you need to and so aim for something higher which allows you to express express yourself so you are enough because you have that capacity to do that but uh, it's no good telling yourself that you are you are okay where you are and the way that you are mm. if you're not feeling good that's completely legit, man. I completely think that that question even, like, does it mean that you're not enough if you seek more? It's like, no, it just means that I seek more. Yeah. It's like me being me being enough is 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 the more. So like inherently now it it's uh, I'm I'm not really kind of bridging that gap to, to where that currently all I want to be is involved with something that makes me express myself. So that mm. I think that that's the thing that you've got to kind of hang your hat on with this is go and find that thing. You know what I mean? Like find the thing mm. that allows you to express and allows you to kind of be. And um, before you know it, you'll, it, it's not necessarily about kind of where you are right now, now and whether you're enough or whether you're not, or whether that's kind of going to hold you back. It's like, if you've got some, if you've got a song to sing, you've got to go and sing it. You know I mean, that that's 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 the journey that you've got to kind of find yourself on. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's a lot of people. I think that's a lot of people who kind of are, like you said in, in, the, in the previous segment, where people will get told something early in life and it will stay with them. You know, it will stay with them mm -hmm. and kind of become a defining feature of who they are. And they won't ever explore the boundaries, and they won't ever start to 
see themselves in different realities as opposed to the one they're in right now. But mm-hmm. it's it's much more about the people that you're following. Where do they qualify on this path? Like, where do they qualify mm-hmm. in terms of what you actually want? Do they sit at the top of the hierarchy as like kings and leaders and and like people that you aspire to be just like, or are they somebody who's just simply controlled one or, or like somebody who has applied an opinion um, to one facet of your life? But if you can now multi-branch yourself off into so many different places, you're not limited by this one thing. You're you're now seeing that okay, where I was about to put that resource and say their opinion turns out to be correct. And it is something that you can't no longer pursue for whatever reason. Now all you have is you have that bundle of intention that you were going to put towards something here to now redirect towards something towards mm-hmm. other things elsewhere, right? And that's kind yeah. of that growth mindset, right? Like looking at it as mm-hmm. as oh, I've st- I've stopped, I've failed. It's like no, you've just learned what not to do and where not yeah. to put your energy, and let's go and put yep. it somewhere else. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. that's the that's where you can continue to fully actualize on yourself and not be limited by somebody else's opinion in in that yep. one instance completely man that's mm-hmm. that's legit i love that that bundle of intention and take it somewhere else and fuck yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah jacked <laughs> jacked the tits <laughs> that's your line right that is that yeah. is gorinda to a t <laughs> <laughs> i've stolen that line from from the big short, but it's big dab, short. Dab, dab, dab jokes line, man. Is that a TV show or is that a movie? No, no, there's the movie about the, movie. Um, the financial collapse in 2008. Okay, I need to watch that. I need to and, watch that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good, man. It's good, like, uh, it's good viewing. Yeah. It's good. Uh, the way to put it together is good, and it just makes you think, it's like, man, this, this is, we just live in a fucking crazy world that we don't even know about. Too uh, right. Too right. It's totally yeah. random. Yeah. I said, that's my mom the other day, right? I was like, I think we need a revolution. I think we need it. I think, I think we need it. I think I think we should start it right here on this podcast, bro. I think we should... Uh, right for it. Yeah, we should just start waking people up and being like, well, is all these little established things like, yeah, great, they're in place, but are they the best course of action? Can we do better? Yeah. I think we can do better. Exactly. So let's do better. Yeah, man. Let's, let's crack Evolution, on. man. We're going we're gonna to evolve. We're going to achieve. We're going to fucking thrive. That's it. That's it. Evolve on what's currently the status quo and be like, nah, mm. I reckon that I back myself. That's, that's kind of yeah. not being, not being insecure and following the established order, uh, whether it yeah. be with your diet or whether it be with your government, mm. let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. exactly let's find our own way. You know I mean? Find our own yeah. way. Yeah. It's like who we be, who we be, yeah, just be, be yourself. That's the be one. Be yourself. That's that is where one. it comes down to. That's, that's going to tie in with a question we got, we got coming up, uh, we're going to answer it. And, okay. um, but yeah, man, it was, uh, I like something that you said earlier, earlier in the week where you sent me a voice note and it was about learning something new. I just, mm. uh, I just loved it, man. It was just like, uh, there was a quote that you came up with. It's basically the, like when you're learning something new, how jacked you feel. And, uh, it, you, you sent me this voice note and it's, and I was so happy listening to it because you sounded like you're on MDMA. You sound like you were so high and you were just like, bro, I just love, like literally the line you came out with was like, I just love life right now, man. I love life. <laughs> and it made me, it made me so happy, man. I was like, yes, this is the kind of energy that people need, man. This is what you like, this feeds me. 
It was oh, cracking me up hard. <laughs> and, and it was just, and I'm with you because like one of my highest values is basically learning, right? Constantly learning is like, I just love, I just love it. It just, when my brain feels fired up like that, when I'm having these conversations, when I'm having good conversations with people, I just get so fired up and it just makes me, makes me just think I can feel I'm using my brain in different ways and feel like I'm getting challenged. And I'm like, okay, cool. I really have to learn how to formulate a thought and articulate what I'm saying. And, uh, and then the line that you came out with was sick because when you're learning something new, you're like uh, the old reality that had you knowing less is now dead. And now you get to have this new level of awesome. And I was like, hell yeah. That was so <laughs> sick. Like, you know, more power with knowledge, basically. That's what it is. And it's like, you just feel like, yeah, what was the line about apes? You were like, uh, what did you say? Oh, yeah, you just, you just feel like a, you look look back on yourself like you were just an ape like three seconds ago, and then now you're just like imbu- imbued with this knowledge. You're like, wow, like I'm now a I'm now a higher being. Like, I mean, like I can I can yeah. possibilities are limitless now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it feels like. You just learn something. It's like you know, relative like uh, proportion to how profound that piece of information is. You literally can feel like you just shed yourself. You know. You just like, all right, this shell has just died, and here's a new me that pops out, That's and it. and yeah, that happens like uh, certain moments where you just like, God damn, that was so sick. Let me yeah. play that back. Let me play that back, or you know, whatever you said, can you say that again? And um, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's, it's good powerful. because this was happening. Yeah, this was happening. Yeah. It's like you just it's like a, it's like on a micro scale. It's that. Uh, rebirth like death and rebirth death and rebirth death and rebirth because you just learn something new which has changed how you operate on that even like the smallest level yeah and yeah that was that was sick man i love that so it's every breath man it's every breath like kind of i think you can get to that stage where you can fully be in the moment i think when you're in that moment you can take in so many things around you that they just constantly wow you like constantly kind of give you that that feeling and when i say that voice note to you I, I kind of i can i can remember it briefly but i think like it's it's it just lives in the moment and you've got to got to be there to be like i gotta i gotta express myself who can I express myself to you after yeah. let me just let me just message this guy and just tell him like because i remember what i was doing i was i was watching some uh, i was studying uh, shallows uh the, the mm. course that i'm on and um it was like you 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 hear a concept and this is one thing that i'm realizing with with his way of teaching is that i hear a concept and then I, I, he uses the word like superimpose and like, he's like, okay, you can superimpose one thing onto a, onto a framework down here and it kind of fits and you can see where it works in. And I was like, okay, right, well, the framework that he kind of gives you, I can like superimpose it into a different way of life and be like, mm. oh, it fits that way too. Like this, this now, it's a different way of me seeing things. And once you kind of unlock that, it's like a different part of your brain. Like, you know, you know, like people, when we was little, we would always hear like, or you only you only use four percent of your brain, and you feel like oh well, I feel like I'm using five now. I feel like I'm using six. I'm feeling over seven. Oh shit! Like and we just and it just starts opening doors. You know, what I mean, like you can't you can't use you can't use more unless you kind of establish where you are right now, gain awareness, mm-hmm. and all the things that we that we talk about. Uh, I think are the prerequisites to ever learning and feeling more, and then trusting your intuition and rolling all of these things back into it. And I think this is interesting because. We, we wanted to kind of go back through the podcast and look at common themes and these common themes pick up constantly. And I think this is, this is the, uh, the foundational work that I think people need to fully um, divulge into first. And then 
on the back of that, there's so much growth that can actually happen. And it's almost like uh, you're playing a video game and you get to the next stage and you kind of get to the next save point. And you're like, oh shit, this is sick. Like this is, <clears> this is, um, this is exactly where I want to be. And then you push on, you know, oh, there's more, like there's, there's so much more. And that, that's, uh, that's exciting, man. That's super exciting. And I think through this process, I keep going to go back and I'm going to keep going back to where we were like 10 episodes ago to where I am now. Like I've grown a full head of hair in, 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 uh, <laughs> in 10, 10 episodes. I'm not born brown no more. You know what I mean? And that's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you just keeps getting taller. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Bravo Brown over here. Bro, yeah, man, I've got, three, I've got several. So I've got like Ace Ventura going on. I've got a Wolverine and oh, probably man. can do Johnny Bravo as well. You so I'll just show up, all of those. Show, up like, show up like Wolverine on the next one. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, man. It's just like, it's just a visual, visual kind of representation of, of so much more. And I think um, the more ways in which you can explore that, the better. But the the core fundamentals are the core fundamentals, right? Like you've got to have awareness of where you are right now. Um, mm -hmm. You've got to have the need to want to evolve from where you are now. So seeing that, okay, how do, how do I actually link this in so I can achieve more and actually just fully thrive in my life, right? That's, that's uh, yeah, it's so important. But when that happens, I think you, uh, you want nothing but more. And you look back at yourself and you're just like, oh, shit. Like I... That, that thought that kind of just flooded through me was just like I knew nothing like five minutes ago like what I knew was just like there was nothing there was just like that that version of myself it's like an empty can you chuck that away I don't need that in life no more yeah yeah it's like it's crazy like relative and then now I look, I'm, I'm like the thought that keeps uh, what you said was like in a year of in a year of doing this podcast we'll have 60 of the episodes. So I'll be six times better at the end of the year than I am right now. And I feel like fucking pretty, pretty, pretty legit right now. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's guys, really... we might have some exponential moments as well. So, <laughs> why not, bro? Why not? That's uh, now exactly. it's, it's limitless, right? Like the end of possibilities, like you say, we're only just getting started. And that, that only just getting started mindset is, is where we need to be constantly is not to put pressure on it, but just to be like, yeah, the the, the the possibilities are actually limitless, and that's yeah. that's a yeah. exciting thing. Yeah, man, it's our it's, yeah, it's our relationship with uh, that possibilities. It's like you know, because a lot of us struggle with being perfectionists. You know, I, I know I I know I have, I know I do as well. But you know, you get perfection paralysis, and um, then you know you're stuck. You're no good. You're mm. you're waiting. You're always waiting for the right opportunity because you're like, oh, if only this gets better. And if only this scenario arrives, if only, you know, once I've settled down into this kind of routine, then things will get better. It's like, no, no, you, you got to do right now. Like, what is the one thing you can do right now, which is going to move you forward? It's not, it's not about, it's not about waiting for the right opportunity because you've got to create your, you got to, you got to create your reality. You've got to do it yourself. And what you said earlier about, uh, you know, shallows talking about superimposing on top of a framework this is why we talk about frameworks you know because it's about you know ideally we're trying to boil it down to first principles thinking which is okay what do we know works and how can we apply that to everyday life regardless of who you are whether you're a mom of four kids or whether you're a high-flying executive in the street in the in the city or you are me or you you know it, uh, how do you apply that? And within uh, learning to operate with basically within that framework is like kind of you know superimpose your life onto that onto that framework. 
and put your life into that framework and then make it and then you can make it work and this um you you kind of have to you can't be because one of the things you need to do is is like if you're if you're too haphazard if you're too all over the place you need to introduce some routine you need to introduce some uh modicum of like certainty about how you go about your day and uh, some structure basically and um and in a way there's there's a lot of things that don't work out um and we forget that around our around training it's easier to see that you need a structure it's like you know people will say i need to train three times a week cool that structure but you nobody thinks about that around uh, eating and eating well and it's like uh, but the structure isn't like i'm going to have three square meals a day no the structure is this framework that we kind of talked about earlier which is uh, uh, you know less the flexible eating framework where within that you know like, here's the framework here's your structure now go run with it and we'll will improve it as you go along you know like we said right at the beginning is ways that you only learn by doing and uh, so you if you try and learn everything you need to know to get yourself started off on a good foot you're never going to start mm. so uh, you just have the rough edges even if it is just the rough edges of a framework like me and you we can give people the framework so it's like look you work with us you're going to get the framework to succeed and then we improve it as you go along when you learn what your limitations are and what you learn that you need to do to break through those limitations and we give you that right strategy to overcome that um but even if it is just a rough idea of a framework start applying it because if you don't you're just going to keep putting it off 100% 100% i think i give the example on before we came on um which is like where can you start to align right now and where do you get the practice from? Well, it's as simple as like, I was like, oh, that toaster needs to be straight. Like that, that's me. That's me being like, no, like if, if, if I, if life is mine and I want to control, I want to control it. The faculties of like things like diet, exercise, breathing, breathing and sleeping and all these sort of things, they're, they're almost like the big muscles in the body. It's like, if I want to control the small things first, I've got to control the, the underlying like reactive muscles of the spine of the, of the, the hips of the core of all these things this that's the tiny things that's the tiny things that mm-hmm. one million percent add up to make a very big thing so let's not ignore the nuances because like if, if you don't like sweat the details then like you're missing big nuance like uh, shadows give this example in the course i love absolutely loved it so i'm gonna do it for these guys over here right so if I if I have my hand here, like, I, when he did it, I, I, my, what what, my, what does your mind go to when, when I do this? Like, well, what does your mind go to? Does it go to anything? Oh, so what you're doing is really yeah, like, it's like if I start doing if I start doing this, what does your mind go to? So if you got your hand out and you're taking your finger towards your hand, yeah, yeah. So I feel like okay. So if you're doing that and you keep going down that trajectory, you're going to touch your hand right yeah 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 yes but i'm a yeah. went to uh you know Jurassic park when like you got dr ian malcolm yeah yeah that water, that water droplet test he's talking about like Bro, that's exactly what i thought about <laughs> that was yeah when uh when he did it i was like that's if if, if your mind doesn't go there then then we're not aligned <laughs> yeah <laughs> see i was being like technical explaining what's happening in front of me is that like, if you keep doing that you're going to touch your hand yeah. but then yeah the image that i had was of freaking jeff goblum and uh yes. laura Dern and that scene in the car where he's explaining the, the chaos theory yeah, with, yeah, yeah. you just you just <laughs> <with, up. laughs> yeah, 
people need to people need to go back to Jurassic Park. We need to tag that in, in the podcast show notes. Be like, watch Great. watch Jurassic watch Jurassic Park. Right. Anyway, so Jordan, yeah. Jordan's theory was that like, um, well, not theory, but the the practical demonstration was that I've got these hairs on my hands, right? And if I, I can hover my finger a millimeter above this hair and mm. not touch it, and I can't feel anything, but as soon as I drop low enough and I touch the hair, that millimeter was all I needed from nothing to change right mm. like that's how small the details can be they can be a tiny tiny detail but they can mm. make all the difference between nothing and change so it's like mm. let's not worry about the big things let's worry about the tiny things that are pissing you off right now that are making you not align let's go after those let's go after those whether it be like i don't like my water bottle being here i'm going to put it here and then I don't like this shirt. I'm gonna change it. Like little tiny things like that. Let's then then, then like it, it can go. It can extrapolate out into like okay. When I sleep, I don't feel good having these 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 curtains wide open. So I'm gonna close them. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna see. And you know, like that. With that comes confidence. And with confidence mm -hmm. comes more conviction. With more conviction comes trust of intuition. And from there, it's it's you're on. You've you've gathered that head of steam. And like what we know about like motivation is that you have it in one area of life and you're more much more likely to use it in other areas of your life so i think you don't need to uh worry about the big things and look at the big big wall in front of you just start laying those bricks and start kind of finding those bricks everywhere you go uh it's gonna help power man that's yeah. legit that's exactly it it's like if you can't figure out if you can't figure out what it is uh like that you need to do it you will know what's pissing you off like you said so start fixing that first and then you know that frees up your mind a little bit and you start you start building your course in the direction that you want to actually go so um yeah Obst that's, that's obstacle big. is the way bro obstacle is the way yeah man i have read it but you, you keep coming back you keep, you keep bringing it up you feel like i'm gonna know that here just to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about they pull me back in <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a podcast without going to impression that's it we need to do it one week until until i guess the impression we can't move on that's that's how we do the podcast just be like you know those episodes of like friends or simpsons where they do whether the, uh, the musical episodes where they just sing yeah, yeah. the whole dialogue that's what that's gonna that's gonna be our version of the podcast go and just, oh, go and just do an epic go just do an impression of like donkey from shrek and i have to get it before we can move on <laughs> That's a nice boulder. <laughs> That's the line I always go to. That yeah. is a nice boulder. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's what you call a line with people. That is what you call a line. I have never once discussed Shrek with Gorinda, but we went to the same line. <laughs> that was the line of that film. We went to the same one. <laughs> exactly. It's resonance. Resonance right there, bro. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That was brilliant. Like, we, you know what? I was going to go say the, the other thing that I was going to bring up and it, like uh, I think is a good little segue from this as well because you're talking about correcting the things that you know don't work for you <clears throat> and um, it was the it was laying out the criteria for success which automatically lays out the criteria for failure mm. and uh, and because uh, I was talking about it uh I think it must have been with my housemate. I feel like I'm blurring conversation with my housemate and conversation mm -hmm. with you. <laughs> but, uh, it was like, uh, yeah, it was like laying out like, okay, so I have, uh, no, yeah, we talked about it last uh, last week as well. Like, you know, what's my, I, what's my ideal? What's my idea of uh, success? Like, you know, what do I see? And I was like, I've got a broad sense of what it is. 
but uh, what I do know is, is like I know what a successful day roughly looks like for me and if I don't achieve that then it's not um then I kind of let myself down right yeah and what was interesting about it was uh so i like i've laid, laid out my criteria for what a good day looks like so okay i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna have a cold shower like i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna start doing that thing that you said last week which was just get up first bell on that alarm goes off and just get up just shoot out of bed get off the covers and get out because uh, it's too easy to hit the snooze button and just uh and just kind of get too comfortable and i know because my phone is my alarm as well so the big problem for me is is that i'll just start looking at my phone and i'll get sucked into that world for at least 20 minutes or something and i'm like oh shit that's not a good way to get started whereas this morning i i did i just shot up out of bed and i felt freer in my mind because i hadn't like looked at my phone i hadn't gone into it and um yeah it just it just felt great so i was like respect i was like thank you ben that was uh, that was a nice little powerful little habit you put on me and uh, i've got to got to try and make that happen more often now and i think part of executing that is going to be actually getting an alarm clock which isn't my fucking phone because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just yeah this is going to pull me back in every time it's like pull me back in this <laughs> in that phone world but yeah so it's like uh okay that's I'm going to be a part of it, having a cold shower, doing my movement routine, rehab routine, and then working on like the two things or the few things that I need to work on, uh, which are going to mean that I finish the day better off than when I started. You know, it's going to be related to you know, what I'm doing for my clients, my programming It's going to be related to the podcast. And, um, and then so it's like, okay, cool. And uh, so because I know, and then, you know, winding down as well. And like, you know, what does that look like as well? It's not just all about go, go, go. It's about, you know, how do I train? How do I get my, uh, recovery back in how do I you know make time for myself in that kind of restorative way restorative restorative way that's how you said I would <laughs> you got it you got that bro uh, yeah I got there in the end man like, I'm trying to make a deep point I can't even say the freaking words I'm trying to say and uh <laughs> so it's like uh you know you like so I know what those days look like so now that I have those kind of days defined I now know what a what a, what a bad day for me is i know what a, f a so-called failure of a day is for me is when i'm not doing those things and and i had the experience of um like feeling disappointed on a on a particular day last week and i was like man i feel i feel shit it's like oh, okay i'm feeling disappointed because i didn't have the kind of day that i know i could have and and that sucked right so what the interesting thing there was is like not using it uh, not living in the disappointment so i kind of like okay observed it so i like kind of pulled myself out of like my my being in a way i just observed what was actually happening with me and i was like i feel crap i feel disappointed in myself because i didn't live up to everything that i wanted to do that's not a good feeling and and so i observed it and i treated it as uh, as if like i appreciate it you know because it's mm. it's because what it means is that i'm holding myself up to a higher standard um so that i can you know fulfill fulfill my potential and uh and instead of it bringing me down i, I used it to have a better day the next day again right it's like i used it to elevate <clears throat> myself a little bit and uh, so that was really interesting because what tends to happen for people is, is like, you know, if you're not living by your value, you're going to beat yourself up for it. And 
and it's it's you're gonna feel disappointed in yourself and it's just it's not a good feeling but you you, you kind of need to learn to detach a little bit from that and use it as information mm. rather than live in it because what it means is that you know again in the words of jocko willink good mm. and it's like uh you know it's not his word good is not his word but it's what it what the intention is behind that right it's like what does it mean it's like yeah he's him, him, saying, like, him saying good yeah, is, is his exactly. word yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's good because you've you've learned something about yourself there. You've learned that that feeling is conducive to you understanding you not lived up to the kind of day you want to have. Mm. And so you know, course correct and get yourself back living up living to the day that you do want to have. Mm. And what was also interesting about it was um uh is like before I'd laid that out, before I knew what a good day is for me. Um, so it, I, it was just like, there, there is no criteria for what a good day is. And therefore there's no criteria for a day where I fail. Right. So I, if I didn't have those conditions for failure, then I wouldn't know, I wouldn't be aware of my potential and, and my day wouldn't feel bad, but is that worthwhile? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like it's that ambig ambiguity that we were talking about uh, earlier before we got on air. It's like it feels ambiguous, and and it's like you know you're in a vague haze, so you don't register that it's a bad day. You don't necessarily register that it's a good day either. And what's interesting about it is it probably then means because you've laid out you know criteria for sex for success, you know what you therefore your criteria for failure is. That probably means that you're going to be more aware of having more bad days on your journey to wherever it is, whatever your goal is or whatever it is that you intend to achieve and, uh, or just having a worthwhile day, you'll probably recognize that you have more bad days, um, because you've laid out this criteria. And so then that kind of feels like, oh shit, that, that I'm going to, I'm going to be more aware of more bad days than I was before, mm. but that's a good thing because and it comes back to holding yourself up to a higher standard and then you can appreciate the good days more because because of that and you can take even more satisfaction and more pride and more joy in the days where you do have a good day and keep using those days where you don't have a good day as information and then those the ratio of good to bad days gets higher and higher and higher because your bad days end up being further and further further and uh, fewer and further between Mm. Yeah, because you just take that information and you you make it work for yourself and yeah just realizing there's no point in beating yourself up about it. so that's what i thought was like quite interesting about uh about that i love it man i love it i mean at the end of the day you've got to fully align yourself with what is the goal and if the mm. goal is to be made aware then a bad day is helping you with that goal you know what I mean? It's like mm. if I if I want to learn about myself and I have an experience that makes me feel a negative way, well, it's positive because it teaches me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. kind of if, if if the goal is to learn about ourselves, which is it always should be, and this is this is kind of it links into the. Um, I'll stay on this for a second. Actually, I'll stay on this. Like if if I need to know a bit more about my my body and the way I train, well, if I go into training and my head is just not in. The training that day um i've learned that i need to change the practices i have in my pre-warm-up and i need to i need to 
align with with a different act beforehand to get me to have my head in the game. And this is this is um, again, it's reframing. It's reframing and actually seeing the opportunity um, as opposed to seeing the thing that that's kind of conventionally, unfortunately, conventionally pulling you off off task. And I think the way the reason people go that way is they they're quite comparative of themselves and other people and mm. you don't need to be that way because like what you're seeing on the external may not be what's happening on the internal but it could be it could be a total fluke that somebody's doing something you you potentially can't do right now but it's a case that you need to just fully align with yourself in that situation if you're not getting something it's it's just your body's way of pointing out that we need we need to do more work on this so that in, inherently is a good thing um and you can you can you can be conditioned in the mind but when it comes to acting out the task, if you're not conditioned in the body and you fall over or if you stumble, well, then that's, an also, that's also a good thing. I can't tell you how much when I first started striking, um, I was a lumbering mess. Like I had no coordination. There would be like single strikes and single strikes are a complete uh, like telltale sign that I have to, I'm fully, fully falling through on a shot and then I'm left in a way that can't actually have me recover and guard myself or move my feet to move out of there or actually throw another shot or string a combination together or, or fake a thing. Like all the all the options are now gone. Um, but that didn't kind of discourage me. You, you kind of got to take the licking while you're there and kind of take the hits that come back at you. But okay, shit, I'm getting hit. This is a lesson. This is, this is a, a visual representation, a physical representation mm -hmm. of me not being aligned with the first attempt. And then now I have to course correct. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's the... Uh, that's the the lesson you're getting back there and i think it's such a such a valuable lesson to be made aware of um and then applying it to everything applying it to to as many things as possible um mm. just help just makes you more efficient and makes you kind of go through life knowing what doesn't work and being more aligned with what does work and like you said the reps that were kind of crappy reps they're the ones that you build your foundation on right they're the ones that you you kind of you bring them all together and all of a sudden now you're you're pretty perfect at some things and uh, it's a case that you have almost have to go looking for the things that you aren't good at and uh seek out seek out the uh the growth yeah man exactly mm. and uh, every time something is new it's going to be hard mm. and uh, you just but that's where yeah that's where the learning's done that's where the growth happens that's for where sure, for sure yeah that's where you expand your horizons as you talked about earlier it's worth it, it. You just don't For know if sure. something's going to work if you don't try. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Yeah, just, just, I think it's, uh, where did I read this quote? I read this quote. Oh, do you know, you know who Les Brown is? Les Brown, that sounds familiar. Les Brown, like mm. motivational speaker. He was like the Eric Thomas before Eric Thomas. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, you, you heard of it? I'm no, not, I don't I'm think not, so. Bro, bro, on another <laughs> level, man. On another a... level. I'll, I'll send you a video after this, which is like, Oh, yeah. you will straight up. You'll be one. You want to record another podcast, guaranteed. Um, <laughs> straight away. Straight away. He just kind of just fills your tank, and you're just like you know that that scream monster in in Monsters Inc. Just like ah, oh, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You're just like ready, ready for the for the juice. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Les Brown. That's the Les Brown does <laughs> that for me. When it comes to just like pure like vibrance like like eric thomas gets me sometimes but he's like he's like he's like he's a good monster but this guy is like proper michael sullivan just like coming in hard with his that scares is, like, <laughs> somebody, he is pumped as that 
video of Eric Thomas. Uh, yeah. Everybody would have If there's uh, something better than that, then don't hide it, man. Don't hold the, back. To be, to be honest, so this is this is the way that I feel it. Like kind of uh, Eric Thomas gets me with that one video. Like that one video mm. is his is his like Kamehameha. Like this guy comes hard with that one, right? But this yeah. Les, so for some reason Les Brown get every time he talks, he gets me. Every time mm. he talks, and uh, yeah, I'll send you after this. I, you know, I I just started listening to it a couple of days ago. I don't know why it came came back into my my thoughts. I used to listen to him years ago. Um, yeah, he what was his quote? I'm trying to remind, trying to remember my, remind myself. Anyway, I'll I'll remember a next week podcast. I'll definitely I'll definitely drop it. Respect, man. Yeah, All right, have some questions. Let's bust them out. Let's bust them out. We've got some good questions today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, coming in from uh, my client, Raminda. I really appreciate the questions coming in. She listened to the last podcast, really resonated with it. She said, like, oh, I feel like I know you, Ma. He's <laughs> like, no, me. That's, like, that's, 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 that's a great feeling. Exactly. That's <laughs> awesome. And um, she was listening to it. And then uh, she, the couple of things that came up for her, um, was uh, one of them was, you know, what advice would you give to people who wanted to define their own success or path in life, but feel pressure from perceived society or cultural ideals? And then there was a second question, which was what strategies do you suggest for overcoming mental blocks, whether that's fitness related or even other things in life in general, that feeling of wanting to do something, but can't bring yourself around to doing it. And I was like, two great questions. Um, I reckon I'm going to start with the second one first. And then and we'll go from there. So what strategies do you suggest for overcoming mental blocks? And, you know, that feeling of wanting to do something, but you can't bring yourself to doing it. So if it's, uh, so from my answer is, is going to be, uh, it's going to be grounded in like, you know, attaching meaning to the task that you're trying to do. So first of all, it's like uh, that thing that you want to do um, that you have a mental block with and it, you feel like you need to do it first of all is it relevant to your life is it relevant to what you need to achieve in life uh, so let's look at it in the context of a fitness goal if you're looking at it and you want to get fitter you and you want to reach your own physical ideal you want to get healthier you want to lose weight you want to put on some muscle mass and then there's an activity say like you know an exercise that you know will be good for you like you know say if you want to go running um in you're trying to do it but you just can't get around to doing it because there's a block there's there's something that's stopping you from uh from doing the activity so you want to look at it as like is it relevant to is it relevant to the goal that i'm trying to achieve and if the answer is yes and and if then the question is is it necessary and if the answer to that again is yes then to get around to actually doing it you're going to need to start attaching some meaning to the task so looking at the outcome it provides you rather than the uh, the uh, rather than looking at how difficult it is to start and do it in the first place so you because what it suggests is if there's a mental block, what it suggests is there's a relationship there with that task, which is, uh, uh, which is negative, i.e. there is no appreciation attached to the need to doing this task. And there's going to be tasks that we do, which we don't like doing, you know, but even in that scenario, 
if the answer is that it is relevant to your goal or is relevant to what you need to do and it is necessary for you to do it, then even if you don't like doing the thing, you're going to have to attach meaning to um, to the outcome of what that doing that task provides. And uh, and if then if you uh, then who knows you might actually start to enjoy it because you flipped your mind around it, right? Um, so you want to change your relationship to that task in that in that regard. So it could be something as simple as uh, say running is your block. You know you want to go running because first of all you want to make use of you want to you want to get fitter you feel like you know running is relevant to that goal and you feel it is necessary because you don't have other options available to you and uh, to express um, that you know, that way of getting fit but you just can't do it you've got a mental block around it then then it's like uh, so you've answered a question of it is relevant and it is necessary and then you want to change your relationship to that task of running and write down basically one good thing to do is to brainstorm like 10 different things let's say let's start off with a list of 10 things which is going to be great about running and and then take it from there so some ideas could be um okay related to the outcome of running um i'm going to run because uh, it feels great to do something positive for myself where i'm working on my fitness it feels great after i've done it because um i feel more uh, I feel fitter after I've done it. I feel like I've worked towards something which is good for me by doing this activity. And then, you know, maybe the actual task itself, like what can you gain from that? What's your, um, how can you change your relationship to the actual task itself? It's like, okay, by me going running, I can switch off from the rest of the world and just focus on me. I can listen to a podcast, which I don't otherwise have time for to, um, uh, to, while I'm on this journey, I can listen to music that um, makes me feel good while I'm while I'm running, and that can help me get through get through the run. Um, and yeah, so you're attaching all these different kinds of meanings to what the what the task is in hand, and um, that will help you get over the hurdle of starting the task, and and then also get you appreciating the outcome that it provides, you and then. Um, making yeah, making it easier to jump over the hurdle. You're basically taking the hurdle from something that's like you know something you can't surmount to something that you're lowering and lowering and lowering down by attaching all these positive meanings to the task that you have at hand. And uh, and I think that's the best way to go about it. We all have things that we don't. Um, we all have things that we have a block around. And then those blocks can also be things that we don't necessarily enjoy, but we can turn those into things that we do enjoy by changing our relationship to them through um, through the uh, through the uh, attachment of meaning to these particular tasks. And if it helps, I can give you the personal example. I, I'm not a, I'm not somebody who runs. I've basically I've tried running several times in the past, and I just never got never got into it. Never did it. And um, you, I've probably had run like. In the count of one hand in the last 10 years that's how many times i would have run but then in the turn of this year um align myself with what my goals were is like i want to have a good all-round sense of fitness like if i was required to run i could do it um, um and it all ties into that word for me strong like uh, for me strong is like i want to be brutally strong in two to three years time and you know i want to be working on that strength 
but I also don't want to miss the other base of having good cardiovascular health. And because of the work that I do, I know how important it is for longevity. I know how important it is for mental and mental state, emotional mood regulation, all those different kinds of things. And then so I was able to attach meaning to the task and be like, this is going to help me be where I want to be. And now I'm excited by the idea of going for a run, regardless of what the weather is like right now is good. But I started doing it when it was December, January, when the weather was shit and I was still busting it out and I was building myself up, building myself up, building myself up. And, you know, I'll use it to get myself G'd up because I know now that's what it's good for. And I'll also use it to, um, you know, help me set my mind in a good way you know, help me stop feeling frazzled. If I do feel frazzled, if I do feel overwhelmed with stuff, it's something that can help me with that. And so I know that there's all these good things around it. And so that's how you can, you know, that's how you can answer, uh, 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 get over that mental block. Mm -hmm. to add to that, sir. Uh, that's cool, man. I like that. I, I think, um, my mind's kind of going to <laughs> like home alone. Uh, home alone when there's like there's that old white guy and he's like scary and he's like ah oh, he screams his head off right like that that's oh, yeah. That. yeah he like he like he like he has that crazy mccullough culkin scream right um <laughs> and that's kind of like well your client's kind of thinking about this thing that she's mentally blocked about going outside or yeah. going going to the neighbor's house or whatever um and for me it comes to like graded exposure this is something that 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 thing he talks about right like uh what's his face mm. um jordan peterson so it's like, okay, let's, let's fully define the thing you're scared of. You're scared of the neighbor. He's got a big, big stick. That he's creepy. He has a big spade or whatever. He has a scary beard. Like kind of, let's break this down like to all these things. He's a tall, like he's a tall guy, whatever this is, whether it's going for a run, whether it's going to the weights area and you're a female, it's dominated by men. Um, and then let's fully, fully define it. Let's fully define what we're scared of. Um, and then break up the different faculties uh, and then slowly start tackling them with small, it was small like amounts of that exposure toward each of those things. And then before you know it, it's like I'm not afraid anymore. You know, I mean, like the kids outside, like kind of, I'm not, like I want to tell you all that I'm not afraid. Like uh, come to my house, Brad Berg will be like, hey, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you guys out. Um, <laughs> that, that's kind of where my mind went with that question straight away. And uh, I think in in terms of uh, personal examples is like getting punched in the face for me was like a, a feel genuinely like was like a oh shit i don't want to get punched in the face like i don't, I don't like yeah. it like it just it, Rational fear, man. Oh, yeah yeah it doesn't feel nice right but then like it's completely necessary to to realize that in this game it's going to happen a lot and then and the mike tyson crawl like everyone's got a plan so i get punched in the face so, okay well i need to get punched in the face and still have my plan right like <laughs> this this is important right and um you you just need to face up to the little faculties in small ways so for instance tj and i would like literally practice it stand there well i want to punch you in the face and that that was like oh okay that wasn't so bad like, that wasn't so bad like punch me again like, yeah. okay cool and you build up from there you build up from there and you kind of like then there's a shot coming and you learn how to kind of deflect it and you learn how to roll underneath it and before you know it like the punch you're looking for the punch because like, i got a counter you ain't ready for so that that's that's kind of the way that i would break it down is is 100 i love what you said about attaching importance to it i think that's that's vital it's like i have a thing in my, my board which is written uh in that moment your why wasn't big enough 
and that's like kind of as you as you kind of fail or as you kind of do something that's that's not aligned with yourself you didn't you didn't attach it back to that why that those, those set of reasons and like whether that be okay today you didn't work out it's like my why simply wasn't big enough so otherwise i would have scheduled it into my day um yeah and like that big that's time. a yeah that that's a thing but then i think in terms of like practically breaking it down um i, I would suggest like looking at it and just breaking it down in terms of like okay if it's you have to go to the gym take a friend with you like slowly slowly start looking at videos of gym start kind of incorporating that into your life like every day you do this you you schedule it into your day like as though you were scheduling in your workout like you would schedule in okay i'm gonna watch a workout video i'm gonna research a bit more about what i'm actually gonna go do at the gym and then one day you'd be like okay i've got a gym, i've got a gym membership now and then i'm gonna slowly start attending the gym i'm gonna get a trainer so he can walk with me around the gym so i'm not feel like i'm on my own there's uh mm. this there's, there's there's ways of just incrementally breaking down any task to to the point where like it's not hard anymore. Like we said, like we didn't go into it today. We'll probably go into it another time. Um, mm. It's just, it's just new for you. Right. So like you're allowed to feel this way. Like anybody yes. um, starting a new task is allowed to feel overwhelmed slightly uh, until the task is kind of broken down from and fully understood. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not afraid anymore. Like we can do this. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. So if there's like an aversion that's like that, that's, that's mm. great. That's like yeah, graded exposure. Mm. And then, uh, but yeah, the, yeah, the big one is what you say, the why and attaching meaning to it mm. and uh, making sure that the thing is something that's relevant to you, is necessary for you to start executing. There's no basically you don't have a way around it and um, and then attach, uh, make sure it fits in with your why and and make sure you attach meaning to that task because even if it's something that you're not going to enjoy going through, if you have meaning attached to it and there's something that can, that's something that can pull you around to doing it, you're automatic. You're always going to feel better off for having completed the task than, mm. and then at the beginning, because at the beginning you're always like, "Oh man, I just got to do this thing," and it's, it's man, it's just so irritating and it's just annoying. I just don't really want to get around to doing it. And then you do it, and you feel great because you just did this thing which you thought was going to be difficult. We did this thing that you're annoyed about, and you completed it, and it's something that's helped you feel better and be better. Then there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of celebration there as well. So you have mm. to think about the outcome that it provides to help you get through it. And then another thing is, is um, it sounds counterintuitive because it's a block to actually do the thing, but it is like just freaking do it and just start because there's, you kind of have, you're going to have to try and like kind of trick yourself, trick your mind into just doing the thing like uh again another example of that is when uh, you know when we in the back in the days of going to a gym it would be like uh if i had like a gym membership and uh instead of working at a gym as well it would be the act of going there when you're not feeling like doing it and you got that block around doing it i would tune out that i'm going to the gym and just start walking and if i had to take the car i would just get in the car and then i'll just start driving in that direction and then he's like okay well i'm getting close to the gym i might as well freaking go now it's like that kind of uh mm. that kind of attitude to it as well which is just just get started on in some way and uh i think um yeah to to stop us from overthinking it because we can because the beauty of just starting a task means that we can get caught up in it and uh, start executing it without uh, uh, without uh, realizing that we're getting into it. 
is like, you know, you just sort of get like 15, 20 minutes in, you're just in a bit of a flow state with it. And you're like, okay, well, I'm here now. I might as well continue that kind of attitude as well. So that can, that can help. And then you start to realize, actually, there's, there's benefits to doing this. As long as you don't do it like uh, mindlessly and you're always trying to drum your brain out of it because, because it's, there's a mental block attached to it. Mm. is uh, if you do it consciously and kind of evaluate at the end of the day is like that you actually did this and you executed it and it's important and uh, it's good that you did that then it's going to make it more likely that you'll do the hard thing again the next day and it will reduce that block around it again it's just practice yeah yeah i agree I agree was mm. that one more one more question from her yeah ma'am that's right and then the second question the other one was uh, what advice would you give to people who wanted to define their own success or path in life but feel pressure from perceived society or cultural ideas mm. because that came down to us talking about what is your version of success right. right and that was the topic and i mean i can speak from personal experience because i'm somebody who you know used to work in the corporate environment and decided that you know this isn't working out for me and and then made the jump into fitness and <clears throat> i mean what i did was is like not all of i wouldn't recommend all of what i did because uh, i kind of threw a hail mary without there being a wide receiver to take the catch and uh, it kind of worked and I just forced it to work out you know it's um what I, for me, what I started realizing was that this wasn't the way of living that I wanted. And it was just a feeling. It was like, there's this anxious feeling that I'm getting. And um, what is it? When I started investigating it, I realized that it was to do with the way I was. It was to do with the work that I was doing. It was to do with the way that I was living my life, essentially. You know, the thing I'm going to do the most is try and earn a living. And if I'm not enjoying doing that, if there's this level of anxiety that I can't um, mitigate for, then... Um, then it's not worth it to me. And so I started noticing that. <clears throat> so the first thing is, is like if you if you notice already that um, you're, you want to define your own success and your own path, and uh, but there is a pressure. So basically what you've already done is kind of notice that something isn't right, right? And then the next stage there is like, okay, what what is it? What is that path that I want to go, go on? So the process was... Um, okay, let me figure this out. Um, and when I was going through that process, I was eliminating a load of different things. Um, I started paying a hell of a lot more attention in my life to the things that I spend the most time doing, the things I invest most of my time in. So I did away with, um, so here was, okay, here's things I don't want to do, I don't want to do, don't want to do, don't want to do. So I know that what I'm doing right now, I don't want to do. And I was working in tax and it was like, is it? me working in tax that I don't want to do or is it me having an office job that I don't want to do I realized it was the bigger it was the bigger question it was like me having an office job is what I don't want to do so okay great so I've minimized um, my uh, my options there because uh, into some other fields because it's like if I don't want an office job that rules out a lot of different a lot of jobs and uh, so I can throw that aside then it came down to uh, understanding uh, where I spent most of my time, what I spent most of my time doing. And I invested a lot of time in learning about health, learning about, uh, uh, because I was feeling this anxiousness, I started learning um, about um, the, the mind, you know, learning about how that works, how I can control it, how I can manipulate it and how, um, how it functions. 
so I started learning about that and I started learning. Um, I was always going to the gym. That was a great way for me to start um, managing. Uh, uh, I was always going to the gym. So it's always something that I always did, but it was also a good way for me to manage the anxiety. And then also um, uh, I, was, I was doing jiu-jitsu as well. So that, I mean, I started jiu-jitsu and then I left it and then didn't take it on again until years later. But that was super helpful. Um, because I was learning a new skill and I was doing something physical and it's helped me get out my mind and get into my body. And, um, and I was helping me again, manage the circumstances I was in. And, uh, it was all basically pointing to physical health and well-being when I put the pieces together. So the process was, you already understand that you are where you don't want to be. Ask yourself the question, how does that relate to, is it just the thing that you're doing right now or is it relating to the field that you're in? If it's the field, then like, okay, I can get rid of that. So it's like, if it's just a job, then I can change jobs. But if it's the the nature of the job, if it's office work, then it's like, okay, I can do away with that. Then it was figuring out all the ways that my life was pointing into the things I was spending my most time doing and investing most of my time in. And so you want to you want to figure that out. And then you've got to ask yourself the question, is it worthwhile for me to do this? You know, is it best to, for it to stay a hobby, um, this thing that I'm doing, or is it actually good for me to turn it into a, a living? Or is it good for me to turn it into um, the path that I want to go down and spend most of my time on. And, uh, and then if you feel like the answer to that is yes, if you feel like basically the thing that you're doing, even if you failed, if you, even if you knew you were going to fail at it, but it was still worthwhile you doing it, then that's a good answer that you, you should do that thing, continue to do that thing. And then you've got to, in terms of addressing the pressure that you feel from society and the cultural ideals, is like they exist for a reason. And what we can do is we can learn, we can learn things from them, but we don't have to let them define us. Mm. So what I mean by that is like, you know, society is built up the way that it is because on some level, um it works well this way right there's there's and cultural ideals exist they come about over thousands of years over hundreds of years and thousands of years because that is a way of living that generally works you know there's obviously there's things that don't work about it all the time but basically speaking they exist because there's it's a way of living that actually works and so what we can do is we can learn what works from that and but then also do away with things that we don't resonate with and you can create your own, you can create your own path. And, uh, because, because they're ultimately, um, there, there is, there is, there can be a bit of an overlap as well. I mean, like that we can save that for another conversation, but that's just like, you know, what you want and what you should be. Um, I feel like, you know, there will be some overlap in, in the abstract where what you want could be like, uh, you know, I want to, I want to be able to achieve this, this, and this, and that will mean that I'm having a good life. And um, and then in the abstract, like okay, so it could be like I want to have, um, I want to be skilled, highly skilled at this one thing. I want to uh, make good money doing it, and I want to have a family at the end of it. And that's what you want. And in the in that also does relate to um, what is 
what constitutes um, your good life in the cultural ideals in the society, uh, societal ideals as well. Because if you're highly skilled and you're making good money from it, and you're and you've got a family, I mean that essentially makes for a good, stable, positive society. So um, you can have what you want, and you don't have to worry about matching what society and culture is telling you to because there could be an overlap. And if there isn't, then the people who did best for themselves are the ones who did it their own way in any way. So you want to kind of uh, just be okay with the idea that anything worth doing for yourself is probably going to make other people feel and look at you in a way which is like you're doing something which is out of the ordinary and it's risky and there's a lot of judgment that can come with that but you have to just put yourself in the frame of mind like that's always going to happen regardless of what you do there's always going to be somebody who might judge you there's always going to be a society which is going to like pressure you there's always going to be a cultural ideal that other people think you should live up to but you have to go about doing things your own way. Otherwise, you're just never going to be fulfilled and you're never going to uh, have have meaning in your life. Mm. So from, um, I hope that kind of makes sense as well because I didn't want to go into that for too long because I feel like that's another separate conversation in terms of matching what you want with what happens with what society thinks you should should do. But, uh, but essentially, from personal experience and what I've learned is a good framework is recognizing that that feeling that you have that something is not right is um, is a good place to be start to investigate what that means by seeing like all the, like what it is that you don't want to do because that can be an easier place to start and then um then when you start to uh, pay attention then after that start to pay attention to where you end up spending most of your time and the things that bring you most joy and the things where you find yourself most in the flow state with where you're really engaged with what you're doing and then try and make that the thing and um and then so you kind of narrow it down into that's the thing that you want to be able to do and that's what you feel like leads you down a successful more meaningful path for you and then kind of take society and the ideals for what they are and just learn from them, but also don't put too much weight on them because there's always going to be society and there's always going to be culture that's going to be judging you. And uh, you just have to, you have to, regardless of what you do. So you just have to, you just have to live out your truth, basically. Mm, I love that. That's a great shout, man. Living out your truth. I think um, looking at, the, the society that's judging you whether that be uh or not judging you but like kind of putting their values in front and then seeing whether they qualify in your eyes like do they qualify mm-hmm. as, as having had a great life do they qualify in terms of having had a happy meaningful um world changing life like are they the uh the epitome of success in your eyes and if they are then it's almost like the internal vision that you had should possibly change. But if the external doesn't line up and it doesn't qualify in your eyes, then you, you've almost got to exclude certain, like you can't please everybody. 
right? That's 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 the it's just impossible, right? Like, but then if you if you if you exclude the majority of the so I mean I'm gonna use the example of like traditional Asian kind of families, right? Or traditional Asian kind of culture. If if I if I try and please my aunties and my uncles and my granddads and my judge and my all this kind of stuff, it doesn't work, right? I've got I've got to exclude a lot of these people uh, in in many many instances because really my day to day doesn't 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 register on their life, right? So why am I sitting there worried about them? Um, obviously, when I meet them, I'm gonna be cordial, I'm gonna be nice, I'm gonna give them like my best, but 98% of my life is gonna be spent completely void of these people. So in a way, they don't they don't really matter. Um, mm. But the, so you can exclude them. The people you have to kind of almost include are like your immediate family, so like your parents or your sisters and brothers and your spouse and kids and stuff. And there as well, I think a conversation goes a long, long way. Mm. And if something's, something's pressuring you, they'll understand. And if they don't understand, then they need to be made to understand. And this is this is the 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 responsibility you need to take on yourself is to if something is is bugging you to the to the stage that it's giving you that mental block or um it's it's making you you feel you have to go one way but you're being tugged back the other way having that conversation with the people you feel obliged to um mm. obligate towards uh, or please um will either free up your own mental space to be like oh, okay they, they understand me now i can actually go and do my own thing or it will it will shine light in your eyes as to where they're coming from is, is really an ungrounded place and i don't want to have any kind of basis in that reality so it's it's going to clear up the path either way you know what i mean either you bring them forward into your your reality or you realize that what you were actually thinking wasn't what they actually meant in the first place so let's let's um let's all kind of be aware of each other and move forward mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. uh, that's kind of a key. And in my experience, the people that you hold nearest and dearest will usually understand. It might take a few a few uh, a few attempts, but if it's something very very um, precious to you, then they're much more likely to understand. Because really, who else do they have? They have you. And if you want to, if they want to kind of have you in their life, then it is, this is a big thing then mm -hmm. there will be leeway either way. So I wouldn't stress yeah. about it too much. I would kind of I would kind of break it down into those factors first and then uh then just go from there. Fully man. That's that's great advice as well. Or great way of looking at it. And um uh and what else is it? Kind of on top of that is ultimately is like uh that yeah that thing, that conversation with the nearest and dearest and people around you who you feel the who you might feel the pressure from um because you perceive that you know, they're part of the society, they're part of the culture that is uh, holding you back from succeeding in your own path and your own version of life. Always know that um, I feel like it is immeasurably, not just better, it's just immeasure, is the, the benefit of you doing things the way you want to do things are infinitely and immeasurably um, more powerful, better than and then doing them any other way because it's going to affect everyone around you in a more positive way as well mm -hmm. so in the short term it might be uh it might be challenging in the short term there you might lose some close connections as a result of it but in the long term what you gain is living life exactly how you envisioned it and and that is way more, way more powerful for you and for the people around you 
and for society itself than than if you don't live that so it's kind of holding yourself to your ideal because it's not just that it's good for you but it's better for the people around you you know even if they don't understand the choice even if they don't um uh, even if it doesn't match up to what they believe um even if you lose some people around you that you thought were important to you in the beginning um but if it means that you know you get the chance to live live how you how you want to live um mm. i would say you got to go for it man you got to go for oh. it and it's important yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh either you if you know what you're doing is correct then either you have to shine the light so bright that you bring your tribe with you or mm. you've got to drop your tribe and go find a new tribe and trust yourself enough to be like cool like if you don't want to move forward but i know this is this is my version of correct then if your version of correct suits you cool go do your thing i'm gonna go do my thing i'm gonna I'm, i know i'm gonna find people that align with that yeah man mm-hmm. bam. Pow, pow, stop, man. exactly bam bam pow pow <laughs> Let's call it there, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Raminda, thank you very much. Yeah, Raminda, thank you very much for that question. That was sick. Thank you. And uh, let's not forget that special announcement. For those of you who are sticking around, we've got our first guest coming up on the show next week. Love it. Love it. Name, it's going to get provide some powerful feminine energy to uh, balance out us two dickheads. (laughs) And it's going to be Jude Hersheimer. She is a uh, Pilates and uh, Pilates instructor, personal trainer, but she's very knowledgeable, awesome um, person who I've met through courses. And uh, you know, we we get along a lot in terms of uh, you know how how we how we see things. She provides a very different worldview because she comes from a background of uh, starting out in music and um, you know, being a musician, and actually touring while being a musician while she was like at school level, and then went on to. Like yeah, basically became a high level musician and and then also worked in the music industry and then had a bit of a uh, realization and a bit of awakening and uh, changed her focus into health and wellness and fitness and um, yeah became Pilates uh, personal trainer and Pilates instructor and she's got a heavy in, uh, in interest in like neuroscience and she's had some really interesting life experiences as well which we'll end up talking about on the podcast which I think. Um, uh, there's some really cool stuff to learn from. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it'd be awesome to have her on the show as well. We've got some questions to ask her. We're going to get her life experience and understand it, unpick it, and uh, uh, get some get some powerful knowledge out of her and uh, stuff that will inspire um, men and women alike everywhere. So it's going to be a great conversation. I love it. Looking forward to it, man. Inspire all the humans. Yeah, exactly. Inspire all the humans. Inspire all the humans. Eyes up. <laughs> We're going that way, man. We're going that way. I've got, I've got plans. I'm, I'm going to tell you off air my plans. To oh, bam. Spark, spark the revolution. Tune in next week. Find out more about it. I'm shutting this down right now. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very guys. much. Thanks, Ease. Bye-bye.